you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer, episode 72. On tonight's episode, the Mondlings have finished their Adepticon, and now they're looking forward to blood in the sun, while the supposedly smart Mondling is going crazy, waiting for his new skirted little elf release. Between that and what they're going to do for their big summer vacations, I'm certain this will be a family bonanza. So shut it! Listen to me show! Welcome to the Garage U Tools. We're going to make several promises for the next three hours or thereabouts. <laughs> We're going to do the best we can to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you handsome hobby talk, blood in the sun, and machines of war. I'm Chris Yu. And I'm Abraham Lincoln. Hey, get his bird. Nice beard. <laughs> nice top hat. Like it. I do. As always, we need to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois, Game Preserve Stores in West Lafayette, Indiana, Cool Mini or Not, Dark Age, Mirce Miniatures, GuildPainting.com, and Battle Foam, protecting your army. All right. <laughs> so, how are you doing? I am good. It is a high elf. Eat Christmas Eve. It is. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, you know, last episode because I, you know, it was long. <laughs> I mean, that was a long. Yeah. I mean, we've been really actually pretty good on keeping non-book reviews down mm-hmm. to under three hours, mm-hmm. but we had so much tape, I just couldn't edit anymore. So we actually trimmed out a lot of our chatter on. I think it was about 15 minutes we cut on, on the high elf. On stuff. The high elf well, I think it's warranted because before it was purely conjecture. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. Wow. <laughs> I'm so excited to, to see the new book and the yeah. heraldry and all that stuff coming on. This is I, – I can't believe how excited I am for this release. When I'm, I'm giddy. Like, I can't sleep. <laughs> my my work day today was completely shot. I could not even focus on work because I was too busy. Well, you said you were, like, list building. And I'm like, how's he list building? And then I look on Twitter and you had, like, all the, little, link? the rumor yeah. things with all yeah. the stuff on it. Oh, that was too funny. The internet is quite a source, a resource. Oh, yes. Oh boy! So um, oh, we go. We got a lot coming up in the show today, folks. Um, we actually had uh, we have a, some shout outs. Shout outs, all right. Oh, oh yeah. Now none of these are written to us as shout outs because these people left their shout out on our voicemail. Tell me about voicemail. Well, Chris, we have voicemail. All you need to do is call one seven five seven G H show six. And uh, you, too, can be a part of the show. Now, um, Todd Hansen uh, sent us a donation. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't really leave us any sort of a shout-out, but he, he gave us a donation. You I know, we to get a lot him. of those. Yeah, just, hey, there's a couple bucks. Appreciate the show. I'm like, great, awesome. Uh, Cranky <laughs> sent in a donation and never actually sent me anything about a shout-out except that I got three voicemails. <laughs> three voicemails, okay. Three short voicemails from Cranky. Um, and after that, we have a special international voicemail. Ooh, international. So we'll play all of those now, I guess. And then, uh, you know what? After we play all these, we'll just take our first uh, quick break, why don't we? And then we'll come back with our, you know, our usual opening segment. Sounds good. Dig it, do y'all? Hey, Chris. What up, G? You know, we got this here, voicemail. Shout it out, boy. That's right. You call 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Uh-huh. 
telling us what we need to know, kicking that knowledge. Yeah. The K for the knowledge. That's right, people. Call the voicemail line. Coming at you from Round Lake, Illinois, boy. Let us know what you need to know, and you can be a part of the show. Pop me up. And one, two, three, four. Ain't nothing like a shout-out, baby. Playing Warhammer like we crazy. We love hearing from our fandom. That charge disc is going to be random. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I'm talking about. Voicemail, baby. Uh, yeah. 757-GH-SHOW-6. Bring it to us. From the Round Lake IL-60073. No more rapping. No more. Bad rappers. Bad. Hi, Dave and Chris. This is Todd Hansen in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm really looking forward to your high elf review. I uh, sent a few bucks to help keep up the great work, and I appreciate you guys. Thanks a lot. Bye. Or hipster gangsta, whatever the hell that is, guy talking, stop it. Just, no, just no. Creative Director of Dark Age Games and Editor-in-Chief of Ravage Magazine U.S. wants the Garage Hammer fans to head on over to CoolMiniOrNots.com and find some of the best games and miniature artistry assets the industry has to offer. From professional painting DVDs, art supplies, and a variety of amazing miniatures, from an assortment of different companies, whether you're adding to your own army or starting up a new game like Dark Age, Cool Mini or Not has what you need. I don't know. Is that your ghost voice? That was my ghost voice. We're back. When I'm, I, I do that when I'm standing near a ghost fence, I guess. I suppose so. So, so um, oh news boy. and rumors. News <laughs> and rumors. I guess we should talk about that. Brought, to you, brought to you by the Circle, Circle City, City Circuit. Circuit. Oh, boy. So, um, 
Well, we'll get tomorrow. Yes. And man, um, I, like I said, I you're you're really giddy. It's weird. It's not my army. It's like Harrison's army. But you're army. giddy. Why? So tell me, why are you are you giddy? If it's not your, you army, know what dude? it is. It's I, you and Harrison both. Like I've been playing Harrison, and that's. I mean, he played Skaven for about two months after assembling hundreds right. of dollars worth of models. <laughs> but otherwise, exclusively. Otherwise, he only. I mean, he's taken. He took dwarfs once or twice yeah. to like. I know he took. Well, Invasion Kenosha had to have a fully painted army when he first went. He didn't have his high, his wood elves painted. So he took my dwarves. Um, but other than a couple of games of dwarves and a couple of games of Skaven, he's only played high elves. So I've played him a lot. I played against him a lot. You played him a lot. I played yeah. against him yeah. a lot. And it's one of those armies where it's like, I, you know, you, you tend to see a lot of the same thing. Mm. You got three eagles. A lot of spears. You got a bunch a of, of spears, some archers. You got, uh, you know, a couple of mages. Right. And then you, either, you know, usually, I'll, you know, it seems that other places you just see big blocks of uh, white lions. Just white lions. Although I know you run to good effect a lot of sword masters and stuff. A little, yeah, some mixed. But a trend. lot of the times when I played, it's it's a very similar list. You've got mm. some some lions and some sword masters, right? And some eagles, and then some core units, and that's pretty much right. Just variations in the proportions of those right ingredients. Um, but I mean, the way the books have been going, mm. you know, and then after seeing the cool models, the phoenix, you know, the sky cutter. I like that. Model. I do too. I, you know, I was undecided on it at first. The idea of it, I was like, "What?" Oh, but now that so I've seen the model, that, that couldn't that couldn't work. That wouldn't work. <laughs> people are getting all upset. I, I, you know what I'm talking about? You see it on the internet. Uh, you know the internet rage, and I, I guess okay. It, it says it's being held aloft by magic. That's what's making it float. Well, and you know if you read, there's the, no physics, but you can't apply physics. Okay, to but it. if you read the Sundering, they lifted up big chunks of Ulthuan and they float around on big giant land arcs. Right, right. If they can do that, you know, I guess. And I, I read something. Someone was like, "Well, if the, even if it was floating, if the eagle's pulling it like that on the strap, if the eagle, slowed, if, it, if it banks too hard, then the guys fall out." Yeah. Well, I was thinking, you know, and I actually, I, I you know, there. Well, what happens if the eagle stops? Well, then the eagle's going to fall because <laughs> they they don't hover. Those are all it's exactly. unnecessary questions that are being asked. I just think it looks pretty cool. Yeah, uh, and know, that's all it should do. Yeah, it look pretty cool. I read that um, the the pegs that it's on because you know you've mentioned before. Like I don't even use the GW pegs anymore. Does it break too often? Yeah, I went and I bought the Gale Force, not the Gale Force Nine, the um, Back to Basics. Mm-hmm. The, the magnetic yeah. bases, and they work beautifully for me. Um, so what did you read about I the... read that the, like, it's like a ball and socket joint for that, uh, okay. for the for the cutter. Right. So you can actually have it laying even, or you can actually model it where it's banking a little bit Bank to the it. left or the right. So if you have three or four of them in your army, you can vary up exactly how they look so all of them look a little different. Mm. So I'm kind of excited to see if they've actually done anything, any work with the actual stands, the flight stands. Because huh. of all the things GW makes for their models, I think the flight stands are the worst. Like They're not made to fit. I think there's no. two, two unrelated... Yeah, Product it's like well, this is about the size together. of the hole. It's never but it's not exact. No, it never yeah. is, and it's the, that little thin plastic part on the end. If you go to move your models too quickly at all, you snap it off easily. Which is why I don't use it on any of my bats or anything like that. Right. You know, it's so, um, I'm just I'm excited to see if they kind of improved on on that little bit. Even though it's a small thing, I'd like to see. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that too. I, I do wonder 
And I think there's there's got to be a way to model the base of that where maybe you don't have to use that stem or you minimize its use so that it looks like that sky cutter is flying on top of, you know, top of a tree line or top of a mountain or clouds oh, that, that or something like that. That could be interesting. That could be really interesting, yeah. I thought you were going to say, so it doesn't have to... I thought you were going to say you're going to just put it on the eagle's back. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. For a second, I just pictured in my head the eagle on a stand with the cutter, like, you know, strapped. To it's, it's too heavy. <laughs> Toss some weight. Get tired. Shoot a couple more bolts. <laughs> right. Toss the third guy over. We don't need him. Oh my goodness! But, uh, but is there any models that you've seen so far that you haven't liked, or anything that, that I haven't liked? Yeah, uh, we're talking new models. Yeah, uh, you know the the ever the Alarial and the um, Maiden Guard models are okay. Mm-hmm. That you mean the ones the Maiden Guards that are the no no not the ha- not the not the handmaids that made the, like the, the special the, character the single, yeah the single okay. character model okay the one holding the spear yeah uh, her and the is it, is she the Ever Queen I think so. Those two models, I think they're okay. You know, I'd have to see them in person and paint them and see. They are more feminine than the earlier Certainly. renditions. Certainly. Um, their faces look a little odd, but I wonder if that's the paint job. At least it, in the pictures I've seen. You it know. could be. I, you know, it, a part of it is I've struggled with how to make female miniatures look really good on the table. You, you, want, you want them to look aggressive and look like they can kick a lot of ass, but if, well... <laughs> Sorry about that's that. That's okay. But if they're women, you want them to look feminine, too. So I don't know. That's so the, then you just make them like witch elves, half naked. That always solves the problem. <laughs> right. Aggressively. <laughs> Aggressively naked. No. <laughs> so, But other than that, um, I think they're pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I like the Phoenix. Even the Frost Phoenix I like. I don't know if I would put all the little bits on the Frost now, Phoenix. Are those optional or are those molded onto the wing? No. In fact, um, I, would, that's, I was looking in the White Dwarf. You know, if you looked at the at the flame, we're Phoenix, talking about the the snowflake. Yeah, the yeah the, things or whatever the, the, the sparkles. One, the one that looks like the Rankin Bass snowflakes. They yeah, look like yeah, you yeah. know the from the stop motion Santa mm-hmm. Claus coming it down. That's a little you know. Yeah. But if you actually look uh, where the snowflakes are, you'll see the backs of the wings have those little like sort of stripes in it. Yeah. They're like grooves that you could like like they're like tongue and groove. Just oh, pop, you pop just them pop in them there. In. Okay. If you're using the fi- the flame phoenix, you don't see any of those because that whole that whole wall of flame at the back of the it wing just covers it. Snaps ah, right into there. That's nice. how it attaches. Uh, huh. From what I saw in the white dwarf. So you don't if you don't have to use those snowflakes. Because I like the idea of it. Maybe the execution of it is just a little bit lacking. Uh-huh. You can go out and maybe buy something that's a little bit more detailed. That's you can get more a little glitter, liking. so it looks like a, like it's it could be glitter. Light, but I think I think at your craft stores you can get like glitter in the shape of snowflakes. That's a little right. bit maybe or sharper in detail. That are yeah, because those are really big snowflakes too. They're like right. the size of an elf head. Yeah, they're pretty huge. You no, know, so that's I mean, I'm just trying to picture a big snowflake falling down that size. That would hurt somebody. Well, it's an epic frost phoenix. It's, epic. it's gonna make some it's, big snowflakes. That's true. I might try catching that on your tongue. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just I was actually pictured more along the lines of almost like uh Icicles or something, kind of small little bits of just ice forming off the backs of the wings. Right. You know how how the flame trails back? Here you'd have like little bits of ice just trailing back off of it. But either way, I mean, if if I'm being hypercritical, that's the one thing that I wasn't. Is that the only thing, then, that you would criticize? Well, I mean, you know, the, the slightly manly faces, I agree with you on that. But I'm trying to think of what else was new that came out. I liked, I liked the Shadow Warriors and the, and the, uh, maiden guard or whatever they're called. 
Um, I, I'm one of the people who don't mind the Phoenix. I think it's pretty cool. I like the Sky Cutter. Um, I'm trying to think what else there was that was put together that was new. I, I do wish, though, now that Silver Helms are core, and I think you'll see them more often, uh-huh. that they redid those. They might still, but they're in dire need of a re-sculpt. Yeah, if there's a second wave, that's one that it wouldn't gotta be bad be. to put on there. It's got to be. Maybe GW is just waiting, you know. Biding their time. Well, well they, they often do a second release. They put it out now so that you buy up all the silver hounds, and then in three months they'll put out the new ones once they've sold out of the old stock. They're waiting. They're just trying to make their money. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, GW selling out on things, and uh, have you read the rumors that all the specialist game stuff is going to be done? Yeah, I've seen a lot of buzz on that. I saw something today, and they had actually a list of the stuff. And Blood Bowl was not listed in there. Oh, really? No, they, it was uh, Necromunda, Mordheim, Battlefleet Gothic, Epic Armageddon. Huh. Basically everything in their specialist range except, except Blood, Blood Bowl, Bowl was listed. Cause I just couldn't believe in my heart that they would drop Blood Bowl. Was, is Space Hulk part of that? No, because Space Hulk is... A, was that just a one-off thing? Well, because they only made the limited edition, I think. Right. like It's not for sale on their website. Like That's You safe. can't okay. order Space Hulk, you know? Same with Dreadfleet. Right. You can't order. That was that limited time and gone. This is the stuff that they've had up there for years that you could always buy it as a... So how do you feel about that? Not that that support for those specialist games are gone. How do you feel about that? As a person who never really played any of them, (laughs) I I mean, at first I'm like, oh, no, because I will say this, those Battlefleet Gothic, uh, the little spaceships... They were pretty cool. Like I liked them. I like that. I agree. I like the giant flying cathedrals. Look, uh, on those, those ships. not so much. I did like the Eldar ones. Those looked awesome. Yeah. No, I, I the, the, the flying churches, the Space yeah. Marine ones. Those just, just. I mean, you know, with crews of like you know two and a half million. You see these huge things. They just. They've always kind of impressed me as a right, really right. neat, amazing, oversized ship. But the fact is, I don't know anybody who really plays it except i know some of the guys i know i think christopher used to play uh mordheim mm-hmm. you know oh that mordheim was a lot of fun mordheim is a, is a cool game and I've, I've read it i've never played it it seemed yeah. cool um but i'm also thinking that somebody else i i'm, I'm always almost wondering if maybe fantasy flight was going to pick it up or something like that if they're going to license it to them because it seems like that like mordheim and necromunda and those types of games would be good games that you know if someone else was willing to just to Pick up and produce uh, yeah, some models. It's a, a skirmish level. It's a, you know ease of entry. You only need yeah. a handful of guys. Exactly. Terrain so, is the, probably the biggest thing that you need. Well, and speaking of Necromunda, the 40k version. You know, uh, Mantic's got that new Kickstarter up for that Death Zone or whatever it's called. I, f- I forget. Oh, the is that title. like a Necromunda? Yeah. Oh, it's a skirmish level. A couple of guys from the you know. The, what you the call futuristic. It. Yeah, from their... their oh, I like that idea. Their warpath. And they've got little battle mats. I guess they're going to be selling some terrain bits so you can have yeah. like a, a big cluttered up board. And basically, I'm, I'm reading... It's, it's Necromunda. But but to your point, I mean, it's been probably 10 years since I've seen someone play Battlefleet Gothic. I've never seen a game of Battlefleet Gothic. I, I'm not even going to pretend... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, the, the guys at uh, Carl... You know, and the independent characters has talked about how they've had games or where, you know, they've said some big campaigny thing at their house where they're playing the battles here, yeah. and then they have the space battles going on on a side right. board connected to their game. I've, sure, I've heard sure. of stuff yeah, like I've that. heard of that too. So, however many ships break through is how many right. squads of marines you have on the table right. or whatever. I like that idea. It's really really appealing. It to is kind of neat, yeah. But I've never played it. I've never seen anybody play it. So to me, it doesn't. It's, it's, it's disappointing on the one hand, but yeah. does it really impact us, me, 
Me no, not so much. Exactly. Me either. In fact, I'd say the, the the closest thing we came to is was the um, I think those those little models that I bought for when we start our campaign when Spitz oh, is over. Right. They were those were Mordheim. Yeah. Little tiny models that I markers. Bought. Yeah. The ones we're going to use. Were for they were they actually Mordheim markers? I think they. I are. thought they were general campaign kind of. No, I thought I, I thought they were markers. actual because we I've played Mordheim before. We never used those. In fact. Mordheim isn't really a map-based system, as far as I remember. I could be wrong. That you just you set up a town. I they, no, I didn't think those were... I don't know. Maybe that's not what I bought. I don't know. I'll have to edit this out if I'm sounding stupid. <laughs> I thought those were actual... Um, They're not for use in Mordheim. Maybe part of the campaign of, of Mordheim? No, I thought they were for use actually on the actual board. I thought those were some of the playing pieces, uh-uh. unless I was wrong. No, Mordheim you used the, just the standard miniatures. Just well, like just a handful, like five or ten of them. Then what do we use those for? I think they're campaign... War Master. War Master. That's it. Oh, that's okay, it. okay, okay, okay. Thank you, Harrison. The epic fantasy. Yeah, the War Master. Okay, yeah, which I've never seen anyone play ever. <laughs> Dude, I didn't know about it until I read Blood in the Badlands, and I saw. I'm like, those are cool. Where'd they get those little mini model markers? And said, okay. they are cool. Yeah, so I went out and bought. I bought a bunch. I must. Have, oh. I dropped forty, fifty bucks. Wow. Uh, but like I said, well, I mean, you know, you get a blister of six or seven. I think. You, I think the the orc one has like six different yeah. things in it. And it costs like twenty bucks, you know, oh, okay. or, or fifteen bucks. So you get a bunch of bits for the cost of one basic yeah, model. Sure. But it was, uh, it was pretty cool. But I just thought that was a little weird. A lot of people were like, you know, really sad. But I, I was just like, I, I don't know who really well, plays you, it. You know, I think it has a small but very loyal following. Mm-hmm. But those guys already, a lot of the guys who are already in it have, you know, what I'm saying a lot of, that, that was one of the most of the people who are into it. It's not like they're getting any new players into this. They're not pushing right, it. They're right. not promoting it. Well, it's a very the, vocal, hardcore yeah, following. Uh, so. Yeah. And the, but the one guy's point is the people who already, the, the people who are the vocal following, the guys who love it, mm-hmm. already have everything they need. Right. So, I don't know. I did go kind of click through online, though, and see a lot of the things were like no longer available, no longer available, no longer available. So the more popular of the of the different things were just, you know, just well, gone. We, we sold out. It's gone. Yeah. Not making it anymore. Hmm. So. Uh, any other news and rumors? When's the next army book coming out? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the rumor next army book? Uh, well, what's the next GW release? I should say. Uh, well, rumor is next month is Eldar for forty k, and then if I remember correctly, it was going to be uh, Apocalypse. Okay, and then um, this is May. That was June, July, and then Lizardmen. Uh, Lizards are the next one. Okay, yeah. The the Eldar one is something to keep an eye on for high elf players because oftentimes there's something that you could use. Yeah, they might have a cool you release or something some from cool the models. Side, exactly. Yeah. And Harrison's actually got because that was John Gashik actually. Oh yeah, yeah. And so okay. Harrison's got a sizable Eldar. Some of that Forge World Eldar stuff is pretty awesome. Yeah. No, we were actually looking through the Forge World catalog. I'm like, oh look at this guy. There's, yeah. They're, they're Those huge tanks. And yeah. They're still, it was really cool. But no, I wasn't talking about the Titan stuff. I was talking about they had, um, you know, their Wraith Lords and the Seer Lords or whatever, and they, they were between anywhere between like fifty and eighty-five bucks. Yeah, yeah. But those are some those are some really nice models. So uh, let's see what else. Oh, you know FAQs. You know this one. I, we didn't mention this one in the last. Well, we didn't go through the FAQs in detail, right? But this was one that when I was going through it, it stuck out in my head, and I just. I must have glossed over it in my old notes. Yeah. Was the one from the uh, uh, Demons book, which is Warp Flame. Mm-hmm. 
from Zinch isn't a flaming attack. I, you know, I, I actually thought that they were going to say it was flaming. I, I, I would think that it should be, but at the same time, with the high elves having so much dragon armor about, you don't, well, you can't nerf them too much. That's <laughs> true. Well, I mean, okay, yes. Now high elves have a lot of dragon armor, so Zinch magic would be crap against them. Yeah. However, if it was flaming, it would be devastating against things like wood elves, tomb kings. Anything with tons of regen. I don't Throg know. Troll army. Yeah, the VC yeah. stuff is more more regen than. Uh, right. It just seemed to me that it would, or, or it should be harder, I guess, to give them a better ward save, you know, or a better regen save. Mm-hmm. You know, give them something that they can use. I just, I guess, I was picturing it in my head as he throws it at them, and either it it does either it hurts them more, or it helps them. Yeah. But if it helps them, well, it's like okay. Now they've got regen, so I have to keep attacking them with this magic till I get rid of them because right. I've actually boosted them against something that is going to help them in the long run against other units. Not right, a, right. so it's one of those things where you know it's sort of forcing you to keep attacking that particular unit with your with your stuff until you take it out because mm. it's the one thing it's not immune to. And just like I said, I didn't know it could have gone either. It was another one that could go either I, way. Yeah, instinctually, I think yeah, it should be flaming. It's warp. Flame, right? I realize it's not not real flame. It's flame from the warp. Wait, how does that work? They call it's warp flame, but it's not flaming. Oh, (laughs) that's like a sky cutter. How does that work? (laughs) I'm quitting this game. (laughs) I'm gonna go play me some Necromunda. Oh, damn. Um, but that was just the one that I just, like I said, I I know you said even mentioning it is because I really thought they were gonna say it was flaming. I really did. And not just because, well, it's obvious it says flame in the word. Right. Well, who knows? But when it's a 50-50 shot that it's going to increase or give it a regen or increase its regen, I figured, yes, you'll give the unit a bonus, something that will help them in the future, mm. but not against the very thing that, the caused, very thing it. that caused it. Like, this can still cut through it. In fact, right. you better focus on it now. Well, that's that's... I, I do like that from a fluff point of view. It's the nature well, of chaos. That's it how can I'm hurt you or it. help yeah. you. Uh-huh. Right. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm not complaining that they get the region. I think it's, I think it's brilliant that, well, or maybe they should call it warp flame something else. Yeah, maybe just yeah, if they, if they would have so called it, it something else. It's misleading. The flame part is the misleading part, right? Call it warp. I don't know. Warp fire. <laughs> this is not, not warp fire. <laughs> warp energy. There you go. There you go. Yeah. TM Garage Hammer. Chris, you. <laughs> 2013. Don't say that. We're going to get a season decision. You can't claim property over hours. Ooh, now. it's going to be a, a, a legal battle over that. Huh? Yep, there you go. Oh, boy. So uh, I think that's about it, actually. Um, yeah, you want to think, the, now that the High Elf book has dropped, we're going to see a lot of people building lists, playing a lot of games. I saw a lot of chatter on Twitter today. Oh, yeah. A lot of chatter on Twitter today about people... You know, people who have high elf armies who are who are dusting them off this evening. Yeah. Uh, people who've been thinking about high elf armies. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at those. I just, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. I would not mind getting a shot at painting. And since Harrison is one of those people who just loves to paint, <laughs> I know I will have the opportunity to, to paint up uh, okay. some of his stuff when he eventually well, gets let's, it. Let's circle back to the painting of high elves because I, I have some... I have a unique position on that. Okay. So we'll we'll circle back to that when we get to the when we, when we get to the toolbox. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So the, um, let's see what do we got going here. Oh, we're really plowing through this actually. You know what? Um, I am dying here. I don't know what's wrong with you. But I'm yawning in the microphone like crazy. 
Let me uh, get up and stretch. Let's take a quick break, and then uh-huh. we'll come back with the toolbox and uh, and get rolling with some stuff. Sounds good. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. Chaos Orc Superstore. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore. Your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. We are back, and I'm not yawning so much. Oh, I totally had to. I don't know what was wrong with me. Did they re-energize there? Yeah, I totally had to get up and um, just even move around a little bit, lose the sweater, did me sit in the little cooler temperatures, a little brisk. Well, it is a late night. We are burning the warp flame oil. (laughs) Is that on fire then? I don't understand. (laughs) I don't know. It's not flaming. I don't get it. Can you overrun through it? I don't (laughs) know. So, uh, time for the toolbox. Brought to you by Chaos Org Superstore. See, we flipped roles. Yeah, I see. I, yeah, I saw what you were doing, and I went. <laughs> I went for the whole word. So, you've been uh, reading anything good? Um, I put down Outcast Dead to focus on false gods because we're gonna we're supposed to record after Olinor, uh in about eight days. Nice. So, I'd rather get uh, get a little bit ahead of it and uh, Do your homework. Yeah, get that done. Um, Outcast Dead is actually getting pretty interesting. There's some cool parts to it. Is that the one you were telling me before, telling us before about the psychic? Yeah, it's told from the point of yeah, view of yeah. one of these guys. Um, it, it, there's some really, there is some interesting stuff going on there. It has built up into something a little bit better than what it was in the beginning. But it's, once again, one of those things where I started reading it, it's, it's, everything is kind of foreign. It's nothing I'd read about before, so I wasn't certain where it was going. Out of your comfort going. zone. Eh, a little bit, yeah. Like, I just wasn't certain what I was reading. I will say, giving False Gods a read-through on the second read, I am enjoying it a little bit more, kind of now that I understand the big picture a little better. Uh, is this, refresh my memory. Is this, this is the book second two? book, yeah. Okay, this is the one we've talked about that we felt was the weaker. Well, of the three of books, the three. I still think it's probably the weakest of the three books. Even still? Well, I mean, I'm only I'm only about a quarter of the way through it. Okay. Um, there are uh, there are a few flaws in there. 
But um, going back and reading it the second time, I'm also picking up more on knowing who the characters are now. I'm picking up on some of the subtleties that you may miss um, the first time around. But uh, they they've got some of that there, which I which I'm noticing. So I've been enjoying that. Have you? Uh, so have you been working on Flight of Days and stuff? I even, admittedly no. With the Depticon and all the painting and stuff, uh, I, I it, it kind of it's on my nightstand. Uh huh. And I'm gonna pick it up shortly, probably this week. Okay. Now that things have settled down, I'm very excited to see your reaction to that because it's okay. still it's still I'm on book like 18, and that still may be my favorite. I mean, there's some really great stories in there, but Flight of the Eisenstein was the one that made me say, yes, I want to keep reading this series after I, mean, oh, wow. I, I had the trilogy and there was its ups and downs. I'm like, it's pretty good. But then I read book four. I was like, okay, wow. But Eisenstein was it, huh? Eisenstein was the one that really pushed Okay, me, I'm looking forward me, to it. So. Oh, so for hobby stuff, um, we've got our hobby commitment challenge still going. Yep, yep. Someone just tweeted today, hey, I didn't join back in January. Can I still join? That was uh, Nick. Yeah. Bo- Boomer Pants. Yeah, Boomer Pants yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and you said the same thing. It was, it's funny. I saw that, and I responded, and then by the time, because I'd seen it, I scrolled down, and you he's like, yeah. dude, just are you, just join. Just paint. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Just paint. That's what I said. I go, you got to have 2,000 points before 2014. So if you, you can do time. it, jump in, yeah. you know. More than half a year. We've got a lot of people signed in on that, too. That's it's cool. really it's cool. cool. It is really cool. And hell, like I said, I'm about halfway there on mine. And it's nice to see. There's Progress. A nice, there's a nice feeling of accomplishment. Absolutely. That, when, you, when you get through that much stuff. So uh, so what have you been hobbying? Anything? A little bit. Um, you know, I have the Orc Idol, which I've assembled. Um, thinking about how I'm going to paint that, how I'm going to base it. It comes on a big Arachnorok base, so there's a lot to... The hundred by hundred fifty. Yeah, yeah, you could yeah. put a lot of stuff in yeah, there. Tons of stuff. So working on that. Are you going to ask me if I can have some? Um, if you can have some of my dwarf bits to smash them into the? Um, I hadn't considered it, but that's not a bad idea. I just, yeah, I, 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 I was actually waiting for it. Hey, I, I do have do... a box of miners, dwarven miners oh, that I work that I won at some tournament uh, that I scavenge for parts for dwarf body parts and, and artifacts and stuff. <laughs> so. I, I've got a source. Between orcs and the high elves, you got two of the oh, races. Yeah. Like, oh, That's damn. such a hateable race. <laughs> <laughs> so other than the orc idol, I've been you know fleshing out uh, my orc goblin gunline list for 3,000 points Okay, for both Midwest Rampage and Screw City coming up. And right. Luckily, that's that only entails one chariot and one more spear chukka. So how many war machines will you have? Uh, that will be... Uh, nine? That'll be ten. Right now, I have nine. This is, this now you have, wait, what do you have on your list now? You have four... Five Chukkas. Five Chukkas. Two Doom Divers and two Rock Lapas. Uh, okay, so yeah. So you're going to have six Chukkas now? Six Chukkas. Only one and six will hit. So they guarantee to hit every turn. Well, I guess two and six on average. There you one go. One and six will blow up. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I've been working on hobby-wise. The other thing that I've been thinking, and we kind of alluded to this before, is on the high elf front, I'm kind of at a, in an impasse, David. Maybe you can help me out. So I have all I would, these. I would love to. I have all the these high elves painted. <laughs> all right. I have all these high elves that are painted. Yep. A lot of them that I can use. Mm-hmm. The problem is, the vast majority of that stuff goes back to when I first started the hobby ten years ago. Okay. So spearmen, silver helps, archers, simple green. So you're saying strip them? Here, okay. Your, okay, if your painting technique has... I mean, like I said, I, I've never at least sat and, and inspected all of your mm. high elves. I mean, hell, you won Player's Choice a couple of years ago with those high elves. So obviously they're painted to Which a good... seems like good, an age ago, but... Yeah. Well, they're still... They're obviously painted to a good standard, okay? I mean, if... I'm just... I'm, just, I'm not saying I'm just saying, okay? Sure. Um, 
are they passable? Could you totally use them? Yes. Now, if you're going to look at them, like, okay, my dwarfs, and I, I, I'm not trying to focus this on me. First army I painted for, for you know, Games Workshop. Yeah. Uh, when I was first painting them, I thought I was just the man. I'm like, look, there's a little <laughs> shadow here. And uh, I was cleaning out the, the game closet, looking to, you know, once again, sitting in there going, I should really sell some of this. But I don't want to get rid of any right, of it. Right. And I was looking at my dwarfs, and I know I'm not going to sell them, but I was like, man, some of these paint jobs are so much crap. And I've already, with with the exception of only a couple of units, mm-hmm. it it's all getting stripped. It's I, all so you are, you are stripping them. You know, here's the thing: have you have you done that before? Yeah, when Harrison first got his high elves, I got him his first. Uh, it was like a it was like a battalion plus at one of those uh, Games Workshop swap days they no, used no, to no, have. But have you stripped your own units? My own? Yeah. Uh, no. If if you haven't done it yet and you're gonna do it, I can see that. Mm-hmm. My problem is I've done that with Dragon Princes, the Spears, mm-hmm. once or twice. Well, I would think a lot of it you probably don't have to. But, I mean, your painting technique... I, I don't have to, but I think I want to. I that's think, the problem. But that's it. Your technique and your ability are so much beyond... I mean, you look at the stuff you've been doing with your Savage Orcs and it's, stuff like that. Well, and the, you compare the, the brushes to those, I'm using are, yep. are superior. Yep. You know, the paint techniques certainly, I think, have improved. And that's the thing. You here, Here's what it is. You could... You you could take that stuff you have now and bring it to any game, and nobody would be like, well, "What's with these crappily <laughs> painted models?" You know, right. no one's going to say that. But I know you, and I know every time you look at that unit, you're going to be like, "Man, this one unit just looks crappy compared to the rest of this army," and it's yeah. going to drive you insane. Yeah, it's it it's it's the it's the it's the random stray bit of popcorn kernel stuck between your teeth. <laughs> That is going to be stuck there and annoying you and digging between your tooth and your gums until you pick it out. I think there's something to be said for that. And uh, I, uh, is it a lot of work? Yes. Would I say if you pick up some new models, obviously paint those first. Sure. <laughs> Don't strip sure. stuff when there's still models to yeah, be painted. Yeah, of course, of course. But once you've painted your new stuff and you're looking around going, well, this is all I have and everything's painted – why not go back and strip – go one unit at a time, just a unit at a time, so you've always got everything painted that you want. Uh, you know, I probably will buy, you know, the, the, the handful of models that I need, the new stuff. Uh-huh. Paint – I think I'll paint those in whatever way to match what I currently have. Uh-huh. So I can hit the ground running and play, play in tournaments or whatever. But well, – Yeah, go ahead. But the, the thing is, when I when I kind of redid my Orc Goblin Army, see, even that one, I, I – I, Stripped and repainted a lot of those to get the mm-hmm. current orange and green color scheme I have. Right, that one I I kind of reset everything and thought, okay, from a big picture point of view, when this army's on the display board, all together, how do I want it to look? Right, I feel like my high elves don't really have that, or or they do, well, but they're disjointed because of the display board approach that I took, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Well, uh, yeah, I mean the 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 basing at least you might want to unify, unify a little more somehow, right? Um, and that was like I said, that was high concept stuff. Well, you had some guys that were on a on a ship deck, so their board, their bases looked like the ship some boards. Guys on stone. Some and the eagles that were over the water, right. so they had the water Even bases. Those are so nothing matches up. Uh, it matches up on that display board. It's beautiful. Thank you, but you, not on the table. You take it on the table, and I, I see your point where it doesn't match well it's on out the of table. It, it yeah. seems out of context. I don't have a problem with that as much per se because there's so many people who have all their guys standing on rocks. 
You know, and either but the rocks are, all are moving the with rocks, them. Well, kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, what, or, or you get a character model who's on a special plinth or a sure. bit of something. Uh, I know Brian Steele always makes fun of one of the uh, one of the War Machine models, the epic version. Has her? You go. You can buy this limited edition where she's standing on the prow of a boat. Oh, like like you know, like the 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 big the where at the front of the boat that that long yeah, one thin yeah. point, and she's kind of standing out front. And so her model is actually modeled as huh. standing on this piece of wood at the very front of the boat. So it's like no matter where you move her on the board, she's standing on the front <laughs> bit of a boat, which just makes no sense. But well, that's really what we're talking about with my army here, right? And see, know? if it's one model, I guess. You know, for me, for playing the game, it wouldn't bother me. You know, with the whole, with if the, as long as the unit was consistent, sure. if the units don't match up, but especially with the way a lot of things are graded, if it's not being graded on that display board, I'm in then trouble. It, then it does. Then it ta- then I'm you're going to take a you're going to yeah. take a hit. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I and I guess the biggest question, which I didn't think about until you actually mentioned the colors, was. Um, are you going to keep the same blue and white color scheme? If you're going to keep the same color scheme, then you can change it unit by unit. That's the thing. If you're I, going to I think I'm going to change it. Then you can still stri- okay. You can still keep the army up there with the original colors and strip it unit by unit and recolor sure. it. By- and it might be nice to just see the the slowly the, 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 over years, two well, years from now, we'll take pictures revisit. of the whole army as each unit slowly starts right. changing. You know, that would be kind of cool. Actually, uh, and and somewhat painful on the hobby side. Uh, yeah, but, but I, cool. In retrospect, it would be cool. I think if you had a display it, board hurt. with all your elves, though, and you had them all set in certain spots, you took a picture, and then every time you did another layer or another bit of your, like you know, you layer sure. by layer, you just keep putting that unit back on the display. Right. Picture, picture, Show picture. The picture click them up in time lapse and watch slowly as the as the as the color changes on one unit and then infects all the other units. That's, for the that's one route. Another route is keep what I have painted. Leave it and just mm-hmm. buy new models and paint those and however whatever color scheme I choose. You want to buy all those? You want to re? I mean, you, how many spearmen do you need though? I mean, that's that sounds like something I would do. Hey, I've got a whole army I painted green. I'm thinking about red, so um, I'll uh, I'll buy a whole nother army. <laughs> that's I mean, see the thing is the, with the spearmen in particular. You know, Aaron Schmidt, Z- the Zenite, right? Uh, people may recognize him for from shows past. He has done an amazing job with sculpting his spear elves by doing subtle things. If you check out his blog, I think it's, oh, it's uh, crazy. the Zenites. Uh, I, I forget the exact blog name. but uh, well, First you, of all, he puts in those thin little metal rods for the spears. Yes. So that they're the brass thin. rod. But they're really long. Yes. So they look really dramatic and Well, And awesome. part of it is not only are they long, but, uh, dude, you, I would go crazy. He cut them off at the ankles, and he extended their legs. Yes. So they're all a little bit taller because he added about a quarter inch mm-hmm. to their legs. To their legs, he he adds a little bit to their waist, to their midsection. Yeah, and then he puts that little, uh, like, a tied, like, scarf around the yeah. mid- middle section. I mean, the green th- stuff detail that he does is just so incredible. He, well, okay, he, I mean, he's a sculptor. That's what he does. By trade. Yeah. So his ability, I mean... Uh, dude, I can barely get something to be smooth and have no fingerprints in it. S- sculpting up extra stuff is not my forte. It's okay? not mine either, but I think that's that's I mean, kind I watch, of the look that I want to go for. I mean, I'll put it this way. A lot of people who listen to this show, obviously, they know you know who Johnny Hastings is. Sure. And you've seen, if you've seen any of Hastings' work, he green stuffs and converts 
so much of his stuff. Raj just did that whole Cthulhu themed mm-hmm. army where it's all that all oh, those tentacles, tentacles he yeah. made. But even that rolling up and getting those tentacles right like, without fingerprints or, or, or getting them it weird shapes so or, consistently and. and 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 you, I mean, and the reason I bring up Hastings and the Rogers stuff because a lot of us have seen that with all their Twitter stuff. Mm-hmm. Aaron's stuff kind of blows it out of the water. I mean, if you look at Aaron's sculpture, I remember when he was on before you were on the show with Chris, when Christopher that yeah. day he was here with Brian Steele, and Brian had some of his sculpts, and Aaron had some of his sculpts, and Aaron had like that Slaneshi demon thing that he was the, building the wings and, and just got a hold, I mean, holding a sword, building the bases, and just you know it was a piece of broken t- terrain like he was climbing over. I mean, this is like professional well, grade. That's the thing. His stuff is to me uh, is su- far superior than a lot of the pro stuff that you can buy currently. Uh, would I, be a GW or a uh, Reaper or whoever. I would say. Especially the the demon stuff he had, the Slanesh yes. stuff that he did, I could see that being maybe a Mears miniatures, like from the yep. their those the, you know the, like the Manticore they sell and the and the Hydra and all their special, you know the ones that people have been ordering. I mean, seriously, I, I keep going back to that Slaneshi demon. He could make a fortune off that one model. Agreed. So if it, there was a way he could sculpt that and get it like sold as a model kit. Yeah. I think you'd see it at oh, it would any tournament. Would, I mean, they're amazing. It, yeah. And I'm not trying to put down any, like I said, I just said that Aaron blows away. But it's it's a different level. He's free sculpting an entire, he's not taking a base of a model and and And, and adding to and it. And adding he's, to it or taking things away or changing it. scratch. Yeah, and his stuff is top notch. Absolutely. So, um, so if I could sit him down, pick his brain. Really, kind of learn some skills that he has. I can't presume to learn everything that he knows, but yeah, why well, apply and apply that to you know this this new army? We got to cover it because I already told him next month when school's out, we're going to have him over here. Just come the whole day. We can find a day you can come over, nice. and he'll come and bring his stuff, and he'll do some of his sculpting, and we can learn because I'd like to learn that stuff too. Yeah, I think it'd be incredible. But That'd be um, awesome. Yeah, he's got he's got some some really tip top work, and uh, but. I saw that work he was doing because he had the high elves at pits, and they look. Yeah. I mean, even changing the spears because even the new ones—that was the one thing I didn't say because I didn't really want to bag on it. Mm. But the Ever Queen's handmaiden, the, the character yeah, what you told yeah, about, yeah. Mm-hmm. she's got she's got another spear. Which, if you compare it to the size of her hand, if her hand is a normal sized hand, let's say the size of my hand, that spear's got to be about six, seven inches <laughs> around. <a> log. <laughs> it is. It's it's it's. I mean. Her hand doesn't wrap all the way around the spear, it, and it's like only covering yeah, half. Yeah. I mean, that's a big, you know, it's a thick spear. It covered. Yes, they made the hands delicate and not power fists, but the spears are still those big, thick yeah. logs where they should be thin. And so he's replaced them all and sculpted in the fingers over it correctly. Right, they're long, elegant. Uh, yeah, they look, dramatic looking spears. They look top notch. Yeah. yeah, so. So that's the sort of thing that I'm going to try to strive for. So is this your summer project? Because this kind of wanted to kind of get into this, like what we're going to be doing. Because uh, I, I don't know. The, the answer is I don't know yet. See, the thing is, I don't know what kind of list I want to play at least to start with. You don't want so, to start sculpting and converting. Well, stuff I have to know. Use. Right, I have to know what kind of unit I'm going to field first. If I'm if I'm sculpting shadow warriors or whatever, but I never <laughs> use a unit. Uh, why would I never? Why would I? True. True. Um, but so you might even change any ideas on a color scheme if you're not going to do. Uh, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, maroon, red. I've always liked that. But whenever I see it on high elves, it just seems kind of not like a good match. We're so used to the the brighter mm. colors. I mean, even with like the pale blue and the white. Right. Um, 
the only time it seems to go away from that is the the Niagara, the you know the the armies from from uh, Niagara. Yeah. Uh, when you get the purples and the silvers and the blacks, right, which right. is such a high elf or such a dark elf color. Yeah. Um, and I realize you can't do a whole army that way because when you do, then all the dark elf players like, see, you just really want to do right, Then you right, get that. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I could just hear Christopher. See, you really want to play dark elves. <laughs> I, I know it. So I don't know. That's It's a very open-ended question. I, right now, high elf-wise, mm-hmm. I, I don't know where I sit. I just know there's a lot of work to be done. <laughs> but so, I mean, I think it's probably safe to say that it will be part of your summer project, though, because, I mean, you've yeah. only got the two armies. You're not going to – you're pretty much getting most of the stuff done with your orcs and goblins. Yep. And that stuff is set. You're going to finish off what you've got. Yes. You're not going to be going. No, no, no. Not, not um, going to be redoing those. You've got your high elves. You're not running out and grabbing a third army anytime soon. Not so currently. You, but you need to figure out what the project is. Yes. So this is the, 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 what your summer project is still in process. I, I, I have a lot of thinking to do. Yeah. You know what am I? What am I going to paint? What color? What am I going to sculpt? See, Harrison doesn't care. I got to send those ten. Uh, his ten dragon princes are going to Donovan mm. from uh, our, you know our yeah. our, our, sponsor, our our sponsor our sponsor. Uh, he's going to paint those for Harrison once I mail them out to him. In what color scheme? Uh, like the box. Oh, standard blue. Yeah, silver. Harrison likes okay. the standard blue and white. Okay. Although. One of the thing, one of the schemes that I had thought about um, with Harrison because we were having so much trouble with him painting white because it is difficult. It's hard, and I think part of it is I've learned that the more you thin the paint and put layers on, the easier that white looks. Right. Um, Harrison has no patience for that, and he is not a very good. He doesn't thin his paint enough, so you get a lot of that streaky, globby right. stuff happening. Um, I was actually thinking, and I was looking at that. It's so funny. The Maiden Guard and the Ever Queen. Uh, it was even saying a lot of their colors are greenish mm. because you know the be part of with the forest right. and nature defending the forests. And I'm like, but high elves in green start to look like wood elves, and then you get that. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing as painting them purple and black. Well, high elves were the original elf race. Yes, of course they were all. All the other elf. ones are just a bunch of splitters. Yeah, they're all off splitters. Um, but what I actually, like I said, with Harrison, with the white, um, what I thought would be interesting was to do a, a, a rich, like a royal blue mm. for the main color mm-hmm. instead of blue as a high, as, as the edging color, do it all with blue with either white or if you have trouble with white with maybe like an ice blue, white, like thinned with a little blue, yeah. um, for the, for the highlights and edges instead. So mm. kind of reverse the, yeah, yeah. instead of white with so blue they, trim, they, they blue with white trim. Predominantly blue army on the field then. Yeah. Yeah. It's a color I don't. That. It's a color I don't do that often either. So right. it might be fun to do it because uh, see that. But uh, I don't know. That's like I said. That's your guys' army. My freaking summer uh, project list. It, the docket is full. Well, it better be full, David, because you're a teacher and you have the whole summer off. Oh yeah, and I won't do anything. I'll just sit in my basement for three months. Well, painting. of course. <laughs> what else do you have to do? I don't know. Like Occasionally those, eat and those, sleep. Those three damn kids I got to, you know, take yeah. care of and do you stuff You have a with. wife, don't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Honey, when you get home from work, do stuff with the kids. I'm painting. See you in August. There you go. So what's what's on your hobby agenda? All right. Well, one of the things I'd like to do is I'd like to try to wrap up my VC. But I, I it's starting to get to the point where I want to wrap up. I want to get done with painting it. It's like I've been painting it now for a long time. I've never painted. The, I mean, the only other finished painted army I have is my dwarfs and I never put this kind of effort or time into it and uh, uh, definitely not this number of models 
it's it's impressive. I'm impressed that you've stuck with it for this long and have gone so in depth with this army. I mean, I've got over five. I mean, uh, two hundred. What I got two hundred zombies, a hundred ghouls. Only two hundred. Two hundred ten. Two hundred ten. Mm-hmm. I thought it was more than that. I thought no. it was like a thousand. No, no. <laughs> Seems like a thousand. <laughs> I got a hundred ghouls painted. I got another twenty that I never even painted. So I got a hundred and twenty ghouls. Officer, I got about twenty ghouls need painting. I've got almost a hundred skeletons painted. I got the forty graveguard. I got another ten graveguard I never painted because I didn't need them. I don't even have them built actually, really, because the fiddly bits. But so it's like I keep wanting to finish it off, but it's like I, I keep looking back, going, I have four var guys that I didn't paint. Right. I got ten graveguard. It's Which like more, I, you're more likely to use those. Well, I'm going to paint those. Yeah. The ten graveguard. It's like I, I really should sort of paint them and get done with it mm-hmm. to have them done. But it's like I've already finished that. It's like going back with a little few things. Right. Um, I've got to do the three handmaidens for the coven throne, which whether I play it or not, I want to finish the sure. model. Um, I never are they, finished. Are they actually called handmaidens? The pallid handmaidens, yes. We should have a handmaiden versus handmaiden yeah. battle. Yeah. Right? Yeah, throw down. Um, <laughs> there could be some good fluff behind that. There could be. What else? Um, like, I never finished my black coach, which I really would love to field if oh, I could yeah. finish the conversion. You were high in that black coach for a while. I love and it. And you never used it again. Because I don't have the conversion built. That's and I, the reason? Honestly, it's embarrassing for me to come out and put down the little chariot base and then take the coach with no horses and no wheels on it and, like, just yeah, stick it, it on there. Like, oh, still, um, I do have this. I do have the, well, I, I picked up right when they came out, the Terrorgeist and a second mm. one to build the zombie dragon. Yeah. Uh, at which point I decided a long time ago I'm never going to build the zombie dragon, but I will build a second Terrorgeist. Okay. Um, I'm trying to decide, do I just want to build it like the other? I definitely, I, I already have a different paint scheme in mind. I'm going to paint it like the Vargeist. I'm going to do the brown yes, wings. Yes, that would So they will, they will not be the, so they won't look alike at all, the two, the two well, Terrorgeists. So your question is, do you, you want to pose it the same? Yeah. I think if you can, you do it differently. Yeah, that's going to take I just don't, that, I'm not familiar enough with the models to know what you could do with it. It's, well, it's going to take a little bit of work, and I'm going to have to find the bits, and there's going to be some converting work. And once again, once we get into converting work, I get nervous. I don't do a lot of yeah. conversions. Cause well, maybe, I, you know, when Aaron comes out, we sit him down and say, okay, here's what I want to do. Uh-huh. What do you recommend? Right. Um, but so I've, I, it's, it's like I keep feeling like I'm getting close to done with the VC mm-hmm. and then I can move on to painting another project. It's, and it's like I'm getting antsy for another project. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, damn, I've still got like a lot to paint and a lot well, to do. You know, and no one says that you have to paint VC exclusively. Well, and that's, You can mix it up. Well, and that's part of it. Now, um, I know at uh, at uh, at Adepticon, there was a lot of cool things that happened. You know, Spencer from Cheated Fates Radio, uh, he came up and, oh, that's the other one. I, I got now the Avatars of War, the vampire lady. Yeah. He he, he gave me one of those. Oh, cool. So I want to paint her up to use one of my character models. All my character models seem to be girls. I've got, like, the... Uh, I don't know what's going on with that. Like, I have the one Sartosan vampire, but the other ones, I seem to have a lot of female your, your, vampire All your characters models. are Bellas. Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but Mike Norton came up and gave me that unit of questing knights. It got like eight, I think it was oh, eight yeah. knights, eight or nine knights. Uh, he actually emailed me and said he found like one of the backpack bits uh-huh. for one of them. So he's like, I think it's going to be a bits. And he's like, oh, oh, cool. I'll, I think he said it's going to be a bits. He's like, oh, I'll bring it there. I'll show it to you. And I think that's going to be when I need a break. Hmm. I've got these questing knights. Each model, instead of painting a batch of all of these look the same, each model can look different. So, like, if I need a break, I'm going to do, like, a night. You know, 
that army has always appealed to me for that very reason. For yeah. the variety. I don't necessarily want to play Bretts. I was like, I'd like to, but, but I'd they like look to like play all the armies. Paint, right? they, yeah, exactly. And um, one of the things I also want to do is start working on uh, different painting techniques. And I figured, since I don't have to do it for a unit, I can just practice per model. Right. Um, and if I don't like, I can strip that one model. So they're like the that this unit of questing nights is going to be sort of like my practice and learn unit. That I, yep. and if I need a break from other things, I can do it. Um, but even if I finish the uh, the VC, um, you know. Uh, what about five six months ago? I think I picked up that Empire Army from Tom Berthold because mm. Morgan wants to start painting, learn how to paint, and learn how to play. So oh, I told you her have that, a lot on your plate. I told her this summer that uh, she could l- start learning how to play, and that I would help her paint that army. So I've got a I've got an Empire Army that is whether I like it or not next <laughs> on the list it's on your docket because I'll be working on that over Jeez. the summer. But it might be pretty fun. It'll at least give me and once again it'll give me something to practice with, right? And something that Morgan's going to be just learning how to paint. How, so let me ask you, in teaching a young one to paint for the first time, how do you just give her one model at a time? And this well, is, you know, this yeah, is how I you think, do the skin. This is how I you think, do we're, the, yeah, we're going to start off on some of the just the arcade. basic infantry models, and I'll teach her some of the basics the way I learned them. You know, mm-hmm. here's the paint. We put it out here. We thin it. We start with these, these parts first. Kind of give her just the basics, where to start and how to get things going. Right. Um, so she can learn a little brush control, learn how to stay inside the lines, that type of thing, mm-hmm. and um, let her go with it. So you won't be teaching her like, oh, this is how you do the assembly line. You Not know, necessarily. Paint, paint all the blue shirts, you know, like this, all 40 of them. Well, I mean, I'm going to let her learn how to handle the brush mm-hmm. and get the basic concepts down first. The technique. And then, well, listen, if this is your unit of 30, you might as well just paint all, go through and paint all the blue. Mm. You know, and so yes, eventually she'll get to that assembly line technique. I know a couple of people have already told me, really, Empire should not be the army she starts with. Like, you're going to want to give her an army she has a chance to do well with. And Empire, what do you mean, like playability wise? Yeah. Well, that's that's secondary. It, it, exactly. And it's, I am not running out and buying a bunch of demi griffs. Not that I don't like the models. I'm just not running out and buying anything for there's, this there's army no right now. Exactly. She's young. She might decide she might doesn't like Empire or she doesn't like Warhammer. Well, originally so. she wanted to either play Dark Elves or Demons, and I was just like, really? I'm like, no, I don't want you playing Dark Elves. I, you're my little girl, and that army is just evil. Yeah. <laughs> not that I don't. Not I, I mean, playability wise, it's a great oh, army great. to play. Sure. It's just it's got the naked Say witch no elves. And no more. So, yeah, I'm I just, hear you. I, I don't want my little girl playing that army. I hear you. But um, so I've got that set up, um, and you know, I had uh, before picking up the Empire army, I was. Thinking about maybe painting some more of my wood elves, because um, Harrison had been itching to play them a little bit. But so. you're a big fan of the wood elves. Huh? I like the because they come up every once in a while. Uh-huh. I've never seen you use them. Oh, I used to use them. I used them a bunch. I, I've never seen it. Yeah, no, I, uh, I I haven't used them much in eighth because it just didn't work well. But I used to take them against Brad a lot. I like to take the wood elves against his VC. Oh. I didn't win very much, yeah. but man, it was kind of a neat battle, a huh. neat way to play it out. Um. Yeah, they were my second army. I liked them a lot. They were the polar opposite to the dwarves. It was just see, dwarves. A, I can see you playing VC. I can see you playing, knowing you as I do. But what else? It doesn't, doesn't seem like it. It's. I really enjoyed playing your, them a lot. your style. It, it was like kind of shooting avoidance, guerrilla warfare. And that's the thing. It was com- it was something completely different. Yeah. It was like, you know, when 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 Chris has dark elves and I have dwarves, and that's all it is for like over a year. <laughs> 
You need some variety. It was, and it was something that was the absolute opposite. So it was like a, it was not just a new play style, but it was practically a new game at that point. Yeah, that's kind of why I went with Greenskins after Hiles. Kind of. Oh yeah. Well, in my mind, it was the polar opposite. <laughs> no kidding, huh? And uh, but like I said, lizards and dwarfs are on hold. I'm not touching one of those models until I know what's going to be in a list. The last thing I want to do is, like you said, sure. Spent the summer painting up a whole <laughs> that I'm not gonna... never going to use. So. But uh, that's kind of where I'm at. It's weird. I, like I said, I want to work on those cool models I got at, at Adepticon from Mike and Spencer. So, uh, you want to do any other? Well, yeah, we could do some other. My other's been minimal. Yeah, mine too. What uh, What have you done? Any movies or anything good like uh, that? I'm trying to think. Game of Thrones. I've been watching that. That, that show has been really good lately. I'm like two episodes behind on that and Vikings. So that's I'm. Vikings, I kind of fell away from. I, I have them all recorded still. I have to kind of get back into that. I really like that Did show. You? I really like that show. I like Vikings, so. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I, I think that show's top notch. Plus, I didn't realize that, that the main character, Ragnar Lothmane, he's a real person. Oh, he's, he's a historical yeah. figure. Well, yes. it makes sense because it's on the History Channel. Yeah. So it's, I didn't realize that either. I was like, oh, that's so awesome. That is cool. Yeah, I've got yeah. like five of them on my DVR, so I'll have to go back and watch those. Yeah. I, that's kind of how it happened with me in Bates Motel. I watched the first two episodes. Oh, yeah. How was it? I, I've only seen the first two episodes, and I loved it. And they're all on the DVR, and it's like, do I have time to watch like five hours right, with the Bates right. Motel, or do I just say, F it, I'm going to skip it? Because I'm kind of getting to that point where it's like, I don't know if I have time to pick up another TV show, which I know sounds stupid because it's just a TV show. But it's just... But no, it's time. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. Because honestly, I, I, especially with shows like that, I wind up paying more... T- I can't like paint and watch a new episode of a, of a really of a show that you need to pay attention right. to. Right. Game of Thrones is like that. I yeah. can't... I, I, don't, have to, I have to pay attention. Yeah. I do nothing during Game of Thrones yeah. except watch Game of Thrones. Exactly. Right. Um, so I don't know about that. Uh, what else? Now, I've actually... I, did, I went to see Iron Man 3 last night. Any good? I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was pretty darn good. Um... Although right now there are no other movies coming out this summer, except for Star Trek, which looks awesome. I can't wait. We saw the long preview before Iron Man. I was sitting there watching, going, "Oh my god, that's awesome!" They did and, a good job with the reboot. Even my wife, who hates Star Trek, I mean, she abhors it. Oh really? She liked that movie a lot. Oh, see, I, I'm, Heather loves science fiction. She loves Star Trek, mm-hmm. and dude, we've we've seen that movie. I don't know how many times. It's a good movie. I like. That. No, it is. It's a great movie. And Into Dark, like I said, the long preview. I was like, "Wow, this is." I, I cannot wait. In fact, I usually go with my friends to the midnight shows, like yeah. we went last night. But Heather's like, "Yeah, no, I'll be going to that one at midnight." Mm-hmm. She's like, "You can just you can go later on the weekend with the kids or whatever." She's like, right. "But that," wow. and she never goes to midnight movies because she just can't stay up that late right, and go right. to work in the morning. She's like, "No, I'm 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 totally going." So that's it for other. <laughs> yeah, that's our other. All right, you know what? Let's take a break, and when we come back, um, like two months ago. We taped the top five war machines. Our our list. Um, in fact, we recorded it when we did the episode with the top five uh, chariots. Chariots. So we'll come back. We'll, we'll drop that bit in, um, and then uh, go back to a break. When we come back from that, um, we got a little bit of uh, we got just a little bit of Adepticon talk. Still, uh, just I mean, we never really talked about any of our games or some sure. of the scenarios yeah, we, we did so we'll run through that and then and then wrap up so we'll be back and then we'll be back sounds good
Hey folks, it's Dave. Are you looking for that special model to add to your army? A monstrous creature or maybe a character model? Something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table? Well, then you should check out Mears Miniatures at MearsMiniatures.com. Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter, those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish-level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com. Com, and seriously, guys, you'll be glad you did. Hey, guys, if you're the type of person who would rather have oral surgery than put a brush to a model, then let me suggest Guild Painting Services. They're a professional painting service that pride themselves on having customer interaction like going to a local commission painter, but having the quality and speed of a large studio. They build, paint, and convert miniatures for all game systems. They're competitively priced, and if you want to talk quality, go to guildpainting.com and check out the quality of the miniatures that they've got on display. If you're a person who likes to have a beautifully painted army on the table, but doesn't have either the time, desire, or ability to bring it to that standard, you can trust your models to the guys at Guild Painting Services at guildpainting.com. You'll be glad you checked them out. So, um, so we decided we were going to do uh, war machines and chariots, our top fives. Yeah, so let's uh, let's get into it. Let's start with the top five war machines. Sure thing. Um, do you want to do uh, start from? Let's go with number five. Number down five to our, down, down to our best. Yeah, down to our best. Okay. Um, I don't know about you, but as I was looking through some of these things, I know there were certain things that I don't. I mean, maybe they. Uh, well, I guess I, I at first I was thinking certain things that I thought counted as war machines that I didn't realize didn't, you know, because I mean the iron blaster technically right. isn't a war machine. Yeah. So there were certain things that were like that seemed like auto ins- ads that didn't make the list mm-hmm. because they didn't quite qualify. I actually had a little trouble. I got like it was funny. I got three or four off the top of my head that I thought, oh, these things are just musts, and then it was like sifting between them to get those last. Two spots was what became difficult because they all seem right. kind of equal. See, I'm the opposite. The, the first one or two mm-hmm. were no brainers for me. It was like five and four. But that's what I mean. I yeah, was like, the to, three, to get those I had quarter. three or four of them. I was like, oh, I, I, these I know. These are great. Yeah. But then getting those last, like those last two spots filled in, not mm-hmm. the top spots, but that's like once you get past the best ones. Like you, how do you like, rank them? Yeah, you exactly. Them? Yeah. Um, so. So what was your number five? So number five, I'm going to throw this out there, and I'm I, I'm pretty sure this is a war machine, but you tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> okay, like I know, <laughs> it's uh, I'm pretty sure it is. It's the Tomb King Casket of Souls. It is a war machine. Yes, it is. Um, and this is an interesting one because it does so much in the magic phase. Right. Uh, that's how it, it augments the army. Uh, for those that don't know. Um, the big thing that it does is uh, the bound level. Light of Death spell, which is a forty-eight inch range spell. Um, it make if you if you cast it, it's a power level five. You'll have to do a leadership test on three d six. Select your target, 
uh, for every point that you fail that leadership test by, that target suffers an auto wound with no armor save allowed. Now, the interesting thing there is it can then bounce uh, to another target within six inches if you roll a three up and continue can continue to do so until you fail uh, that three up. So it is like a chain lightning in, in some respects. The other thing that it does, it, it gives your uh, power, your magic phase plus D3 power dice. Oh, jeez. So it augments your, your your magic phase. And then when it dis- when it gets destroyed, it, it blows up, causing hits to all units, friend and foe, within 12 inches on a roll of a 4-up. If, and if you roll a 4-up on a unit, that unit takes D6 strength 6 hits. I didn't even think about that. I mean, it's so good because it augments the magic phase so great, so greatly. And, you know, with our local meta being so chaff heavy, this thing just wipes the board of all chaff. Right, right. Uh, you know, th- so it's a rare slot. Um, and I think I've never seen anyone take two, but I think you can take two caskets and say like a 2,400 point list. Yeah, the casket of souls only comes in at 135 points. Oh, that's great. But I just realized when I told you, once you mentioned Casket of Souls, mm-hmm. the Anvil. Ah, yes. I totally didn't think about the Anvil. Like, it's not on my list. I suppose that ought to get an honorable mention. I think it's still considered, it's not unique. I think it's still considered a war machine, isn't I think it, it is a war machine. Yeah, the Anvil is really, that should probably wind up being on my list. That would probably pop in there somewhere. That's a good contender, although every time I've faced off against it, mm-hmm. Whoever's using it always rolls a one at the most inopportune and time. And blows it yeah, up. Yeah, always. Yeah, it's it's really, it, there's a huge risk to that thing yeah, blowing up. Yeah. yeah, so, but okay, so I'm just, I am didn't I didn't even think about, because I didn't go through all the books. I was just kind of going through the war machines, mm-hmm. kind of going through online, looking at the lists sure. and stuff like that. I didn't even think about the anvil. The anvil would probably, it okay, it. I don't get six picks, but it's somewhere in there. It's just because of, and everybody knows what it <laughs> right, does. Right. It should probably be in there for one of the, some of the similar reasons that you're saying. Right. It gives you extra dispel dice. Um, Augments your movement phase. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, the anvil does. I, I don't use it because of its expense, and that's not mm-hmm. my style of play with the dwarves. Yeah. But uh, so that's, you know, th- that should be in here somewhere. But Fair enough. Uh, actually, my number five, I gave it to the uh, the dwarf grudge thrower. Good choice. Um, now, why? A lot of armies have stone throwers. Mm-hmm. None of them can be customized the way a dwarf one can. Now, what is it stock? Is it a 510 on the template? No, no. It's a 3-9, but you can um, you can put runes on it. To, to increase it? To increase it. Okay. So, rune of butt-kicking? Uh, yeah, the rune of butt-kicking. Yeah. Uh, what is it in here? Uh, let's see. Rune of penetrating. The strength from a hit from a war machine is increased by one to a maximum of ten. Okay. So you can give it that. You can make it flaming. You can put the rune of accuracy so you can re-roll the scatter dice on it. Mm-hmm. So if you miss that bullseye, you can re-roll it. So how many points? Because it's 80 points stock. Well kitted. How many points are we talking? Oh, like I've, I've had to, yeah, I've had to think kitted out where it's, yeah, it's up at about 150. Um, but really, I mean, when you roll that... You know, a 10 and an arrow, and you're like, damn it. And you re-roll it, and you hit the bullseye. Right. Oh, that's huge. Or when you've got a flaming yeah. rune on it, you know, and you're facing off against three tree men. Or Hydra or something. Dude, I tell you, at uh, at core competency, I was playing against Tupper's. He had two tree men. And both of them, I had the flaming yeah. rune of accuracy. I'm sure he did not want to see that. And I, I missed. 
and I re-rolled it and hit the bullseye Ugh. and and hit him right Ouch. square on the head with a flaming. That you know, flammable, and, right? And as soon as you put runes on, it, it's considered magical. Oh, so it's flaming. So they're magical attacks and they're flaming. And so I mean, it's it's the most versatile I think of all of the. Right, all the of, all the, of all the, the not dwarven? just all the war machines, but of all the um, stone throwers. Because sure. okay. lots of army did. Because I thought about the the, the trebuchet because mm-hmm. it's the five ten, yeah. and it's so important to the Bretonian army yes. because it's you know. But then I'm like, well, the grudge thrower can just do anything. Like it can be whatever you need it to be because you, you can, can customize it. You that's can customize that's it. such a huge strength. So that that's that I gave that one to the grudge thrower. Interesting. So that's your number five. That was my number five. All right, so moving on to the number four slot. Mine is the Skaven Warp Lightning Cannon. That's at, a good one. At 90 points, you know, it, it does tend to misfire, but when it hits, it's devastating. Yes. You can shoot into combat. That's the huge thing about it. That makes it different from just about every other war machine out there. You can voluntarily shoot into combat. So yeah. while your slaves are up there, you know, is it taking no, it's the just hits? for slaves, though, right, still? Uh, I've, I slaves definitely. I'm not quite sure about clan rats, but usually slaves are. If you're going to shoot into your own units, yeah, you, slaves are the ones you're going to want to do it with. Take them in pairs. Uh, it's a no armor save, multi wound D6. Yeah, so it's uh, pretty hefty. Yeah, it's it's a good. It's a really good. Uh, oh, it's magical attacks to boot. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's. That is, that's a good choice. That was that was that was one of the, that I was considering. I was kind of playing with it on my list. Mm. Um, my number four, I gave it to the Hell Cannon. That's probably if I was thinking of no, it. No, you have to be careful. I think Hell Cannon is a monster. Oh, you're right. So I can't give it to the Hell Cannon. Why don't you swatch out, swap out the Hell Cannon for? I the meant anvil. I gave it to the <laughs> Anvil of Doom. Number four is the Anvil of Doom. Um, for the reasons I mentioned, sure. And you know what? It probably would be at, at four or five. I wouldn't put it much higher than that because it blow up a lot. Yes. And I mean, it's it, it's such a point. See, that's my beef with it. You got to put a master and right. you got to put a, ma- uh, a, a, ma- a rune uh, a rune lord on it. Mm-hmm. it you're dropping at least four hundred points on this thing. Yeah. And it's so much of your army, and you're putting a lord on it. And you're relying on that D6. And, yeah, and yeah. if you roll the one, and then another, and that, you know, that's why people take Thoric. Oh, sure. That's why you take Thoric, because he gets one chance, he gets a re-roll on yeah. that thing. So it's like, oh, if I do roll the one, you get a little and then I roll, room. well, you get to re-roll on the misfire chart, because mm-hmm. you got Snorri. Yeah. His helper. So that, that helps too. Okay, so if I roll the one if I if I fail the rune and I roll the one, then I got to roll another one. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you know, it's, a lot of, a lot of uh, safeguards. There's in a there. good so reason I'm, to I'm take I'm taking him. notes for when I play that anvil list against your against my list. against my techless list. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm, we got to do that soon. I soon, right yeah, after right after Adepticon, sure. we got to do that cuz that's going to be fun. I I have the anvil. It's not all put together and painted. We won't have beautiful pictures. But um that's another thing I'm going to do because I, I I never use it because it's such a point have, sink. Have but you ever used it? I don't think I have. I think I right. might have used it in one game, like where I just had the the, the base kind of set there sure. to use playing we did a friendly game just to see how it worked. Right, right. Um, but it does. It just it's so many points, and it's once again it's I I I I I spend my lord points on the dwarf lord with shield bearers. Sure. I have the tank lord. I I've never used the magic lord, so hmm. that's just that's just was always my style. Though I was never doing that. So yeah, number four I give to the. <laughs> 
I give it to the anvil of to doom. The anvil. Because it like I said, it does with all the things it can do in the movement phase. The movement spell. Mm. I mean the one that makes you stubborn or yeah. you test it that doesn't do much, but then it's also got basically you know, the equivalent of like the little fireball thing or right. you know, so it's it's got everything going for it. Kind of augments the army. Yeah, it nicely. really does help it nicely. You're you're, it's big risk for big reward. I know people hate it because they, you know, they say it's almost cheating to get mm-hmm. to move all that extra stuff that much. Right. But um, on a slow army, it is. It's a huge. But you are you are that is definitely a bet and heavy to win heavy Absolutely. Uh, item. You're building your army around that thing for sure. Yes, you are. Uh, and then so good. So I didn't. I didn't mess up. I actually put in. A, I said that I didn't put in the iron blaster because it's not a war machine. And then I put in the goddamn <laughs> hell cannon. So yeah. Okay. So well, is, hell cannon. I can see that being easily. I keep, it looks like a war I machine. I forget all the time that it's not. And it, I, I should know it because Grant plays it. But it just it fires like a gun. And it does. It does so much for that army too. That's yeah, another one where it's like yeah. how much it does. Yep. But that's neither here nor there because it can't be on the list. Mm. So, all right. So that was my number four. So. <laughs> Grudge Thrower and uh, Anvil, and you had... Uh, Casket of Souls and Warp Lightning Cannon. And Warp Lightning Cannon. So what's your number three? Number, my number three is the Dwarven Grudge Thrower. For, really? For the reasons you mentioned. Only because every time I face that thing, it's so devastating. It's so good. It is. It's. It I have never misses. I have two, and it's like I, I'm really thinking about buying a third. It, it never misses, and when it hits, it packs a wallop. Yeah. So it's always priority one for when I see that thing for trying to take it out. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I can take that thing out, then I can sort of... It helps me in the shooting phase immensely. Uh, my number three, uh, the Goblin Doom Diver. Ah, good choice. I, why did I pick it? Because what you just said. Every time I see it across the table, I just... I, I just I, I face palm. <laughs> it's just like, oh, <laughs> man. It's such a good... It's a sniper. It, it, you, but the thing is, and it can redirect D6 inches. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only... A one in three chance that okay. Well, no. First of all, it's even less than that because you got a one third chance of bullseyeing. Mm. So on the two thirds you miss, then you got a one third chance that you're going to deviate more than you can possibly come right. back. I mean, it seems like it bullseyes almost every time when I play against you. Because um, even when you scatter, almost always you roll that d6 and you get at least far enough back to just... Because i got just a horde or I've got a right. deep thing, especially with like all those zombies or all those skeletons. Now, granted, doing a few wounds on a bunch of zombies, but when I start the game and I've only got 25, even it, 25, it it's, 100, it's 100 by 100 square. Right, it's going to land somewhere. It's going to hit it. It hits it, and it does a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. And even the stuff I've got, the, the few things in my army that have armor, even when I play the dwarfs, mm-hmm. you know, even heavy armor and a shield, that thing is strength. Yeah, it just goes right through it. Yeah, strength five no armor, armor save. Too. So it's uh, so Especially now with uh, Monstrous Cavalry being oh. so prevalent. Yeah. You've you got to load up on those things. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I you're mean, Mornfang. You're Mornfang. Strength five. So I'm, I'm wounding on fours, and you get no armor saves. You, yeah. you know, uh, is it, Are you wounding on fours? I'm Mornfang are tough. Four. Aren't they tough I think, five? I think they're tough Are four. Are they tough four? Yeah, so you're wounding on so three. So wounding on three. Yeah, see, yeah. it's stupid. I mean, yeah, you, you got to take them. A little tiny goblin with a metal, <laughs> right. a metal pointy helmet. Well, he's is, he's flying super fast. Is taking down. And those little crappy leather wings that they built him <laughs> are redirecting him no matter what onto this thing. Right. One of my favorite scenes I'll never forget from the Gotrek and Felix series is when they meet Teclas. And Teclas is literally floating above a battle mm. where they get ambushed by goblins. And he hears this noise, and he turns, and a goblin with little leather wings <laughs> goes flying past him. And he actually stops, and Teclis is like, 
they're completely insane. They're actually launching themselves at us. They're just throwing yeah. other goblins at us. That's the rough and tumble life of a goblin. And, just, you know, they, and they fight to be the guy that fight to be the guy that gets, gets to fly. Launched. Yeah, that's the thing. It's insane. So Doom Diver took my number three because it's just it's of I think of all the Orc and Goblin war machines, I, I think it's, it, the, I think most it's the best. Yeah, it is. I, I think fear. it works the best. I mean yeah. it doesn't have the big template that the that the rock lava has. Mm-hmm. But um, but you don't need it. It's, it a, it's a sniper. Yeah, it just hits and hits and hits. It, it's funny you say that because my number two, we're on number twos. Yeah, number it, two is the Goblin Dude Diver. So for, oh, for the for the things, very same things <laughs> that you mentioned. It's 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 just so good. It's just so and it's just the concept. It's so funny. It's, yeah, so it. flavorful. I, yeah, it really works. So what's your number one? Uh, my number two. Oh, your number two. Sorry, yes. uh, my number two. I actually. Um, I had to give it to uh, the Death Shrieker rocket launcher from the Chaos. I had dwarves. that on my list, but I took it out. Why? Why the Death Shrieker? Okay, because um, it basically it's got. I think it's the large template. First of all, mm-hmm. on it, I'll have to check. Let me check real quick. I could have sworn it said it was a large template. It is the large template. So it's. I mean, it basically it's you know it's like a stone thrower, mm-hmm. but it's the large template. Um, Strength three large. That's a great thing. Mm-hmm. But then, if you want, you can flip it over to the hitting a single model, right? With uh, strength eight and Is it strength eight. Yeah, yeah. multiple d- wounds. D six. Nice. Uh, so it's it's the best of both worlds. It's it's, a, it's the doom diver and a super stone thrower and a giant and it's, and the only thing that else that has the pie plate is the isn't it is that the treb have the pie plate. It does. So it fires basically like, you know, like it, it's not the strength of the tread, but it's got mm-hmm. the pie plate. Mm-hmm. And then if you need to hit that one thing, because why hit a pie plate to hit a Hydra? Or why use a pie plate to hit? Convert uh, it to strength eight. Yeah. And then, oh, it's going to deviate four inches. Well, you, you, if you're shooting at a big monster, mm-hmm. you're going to hit it you're anyway. Hit it. And convert it to strength eight with D6. Yeah. Wounds. So if I, you know, boom, I hit it strength eight. I've negated almost every armor save. Even the stupid war sphinx, I'm wounding it on a four. Mm. And then I get to do D6 wounds to take it off. You and, know? It's, and it's flaming on top of all that. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. It's a fantastic item. It's the best of both worlds. It really, because you can flip between those two. Right. Um, I just, I loved it. I, I thought it was, a good I it was really a good I really liked yeah. it. Chaos Doors have some great choices in their book, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I looked at a couple of them, because even, yeah. the, even you know, the Dreadquake Mortar, that was when Christopher, oh, God. Oh, yeah, I hate those things. Well, when we would play Dwarfs versus Chaos Dwarfs, mm-hmm. he would oh. take us, and he would just drop that. <laughs> so, no, the, you're not moving anywhere. Well, I remember the old one, you would roll 2d6 to see how wide the radius was for it. So if he rolled like an 8 or 9, like the whole center of the oh. board, I was moving at half speed. So I was marching three inches. Marching. <laughs> so basically, he just kept shelling my army, never and, see and I never got to him. Yeah. He won, but he won not by a huge just amount. Just by shooting you. But he, yeah, yeah, he won because he just basically you're never going to get here. Right. Good luck. So, but uh, that's really good. I mean, the other stuff are like uh, the, the uh, magma the, cannons. The, yeah, yeah. I, it's just, those are good. It's it, it's all brutal. But I think the Death Shrieker I had to give it to because of the fact that it's. It's got the versatility of the two mm-hmm. different things because it's a huge pie plate, but it's only strength three with the nine right. in the middle. Well, you know, elves, goblins, humans. Yeah, yeah. pie plates on them, yeah. and then particular things snipe them. Monsters or whatever. And they did tanks. FAQ it that you they, they get the lookouts and stuff like that, so you cannot hmm. – it, it doesn't have the sniper rule. You can't 
You can't pick out a guy. You, okay. Well, I mean, you can, but he gets his lookout sure, serve. Sure. So, you know, if on a one, <laughs> he still gets pegged. It's happened. So It has happened. Okay, so but we're down to number what, one. What's your number one? My number ones are cannons in general. Empire, dwarves, whatever. Oh, so... You got you went a little vague. You, well, you took yeah, the multiple the, picks. They're they're the same, you know. Great cannons, kind it, of it, yes. But the, it, the it, it's the fact that they're so ubiquitous in today's game that they change. You know, I think on some level, how you build your list, you always you always have to account for cannons. That's why you don't see guys writing dragons. Well, they're the thing that th- that's the reason. That's the the one deterrent to seeing giant monster lists. Everyone taking all these giant monsters. It really is the one deterrent. Right. You don't see characters riding chariots. Uh, you know, of all these different reasons because of cannons. Everything you see. I mean, you look at this list. Oh my God! How are you going to defeat that? And there's always some guy. In, in fact, I mean, Christopher and I, when we would talk about stuff, mm-hmm. Christopher was like, "Oh, it's not that tough. Your cannon. Well, the can, you know, that's the answer. To everything. Right. Two cannons will kill anything. Yeah. Two cannons will kill any. There's nothing in the game that can stand up to it. And it's just. Yeah, it eventually became. I, 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 that's as close as I ever came to banning any argument on the show. Was like, <laughs> okay, you you don't get to use the the two cannon argument because right. that works for every for single everything. model in yeah. the game. Yeah. So, so that's that's my number one. Can- I gave yeah. it to the dwarf cannon. The dwarf cannon. I gave it. Now, what's the difference between a dwarf cannon and an umpire great cannon? Runes. Okay, is that the only difference? Basically, like the same range. Yep, same strength. No, I don't know if they're the same range because I. I think the Empire Great Cannon might actually have a longer range. Oh, I think the Dwarf Cannon is 48 inches. I could have sworn that the... It might be the Mortar that's longer, but I thought the Empire one might be 60. It's something stupid like that. Um, But Flaming or the Rune of Accuracy, I can re-roll the... Magical. I can re-roll the Bounce. As soon as you put a Rune on it, it's magical. Magical, So, yeah. I mean, Ethereal doesn't stand a chance against... I mean, you know, you're running with your... I mean, that was my answer all the time when people would take the unit of three or four wraiths because they were uh, skirmished. So they were, yeah. oh, then I would have my magical, you know, template with the right brush thrower. Yeah. And then when I needed to, I would have the magical cannon with, you know, and you would take two, one flaming, one not, sure, just in just case in something case. was immune. Well, because remember, in seventh, that you could have immunity to flaming attacks. Right. Which, I mean, if it was immune, that's, it was like, well, different. then I got to shoot it with the other cannon. Right. Now you can get the only a two up ward. But, uh, you know, um, just, I mean, there was all sorts of weird runes you could put. Uh, the War Machine and its crew are always assumed to be hard cover to enemy shooting. You could put that on it, so you could just put it right on the open, and it still was harder to shoot it. Um, the Rune of Forging, reroll the artillery dice when they roll a misfire. If you roll a misfire when rolling it, either to hit or bounce, you can roll it again. So, so you had three dwarf War Machines then. Between the the anvil, the grudge thrower, and dwarf cannon, and then I had a chaos dwarf <laughs> and a chaos dwarf. Interesting. I didn't even realize that. Well, actually, I, originally I only had two. I had I had. The, in fact, I did notice I had the dwarf bookending it, the number five and the number uh, one. Okay. But then once you pointed out that I shouldn't have the hell cannon, then the thing I didn't take because I forgot that it's it was the war machine weaseled its way in there. Got huh? its way in there. Typical dwarf fashion. Oh, and look at it: four and five dwarf, two and. One, Chaos Dwarf Dwarf. Number three right in the middle, Orcs and Goblins. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, let me ask you this. Yep. If you set up a gun line, an Empire gun line, and squared it off against a Dwarven gun line, which is the superior... Who has a superior gunnery? Ugh. Well, I would say Dwarfs, personally, because I can customize them. 
it, I think that's a case of quality in the doors versus quantity. cheaper quantity yeah. in the Empire. Yeah, and that's the thing. And we'll look at Tamarcon. Yeah. The Empire had all the quantity, but as soon as the, the Chaos Dwarfs got range, every, they, they had far fewer shots, but every shot was taking every something land. out. Okay. And there's your difference. It's the quality versus quantity. Mm. Empire's no slouch. I mean, they've got some cool stuff. Sure. That Hellstrom rocket battery, I really had trouble not putting it in. It's a fun choice. It's a fun choice, but it's another one of those things where, at least in in, in fluff wise, mm-hmm. it's one of the coolest. Oh, but yeah. game wise, as soon as you know, it's like one or two misfires, and you're getting halves, and suddenly it's not right, doing nearly right. as much damage. But it's fun, to, you know, the potential of laying out all those templates and just yeah, yeah. laying waste to a big unit or something. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. Empire's got a lot of cool stuff. I, I know the mortar's not nearly as strong, but it's still a pie plate. Strength two. Yeah, mm. and that's 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 the weakness. It's one big, it's it's a big stone hitting the ground and then blowing up, and all the little shrapnel hitting, right, raining down on the guys. But I mean, you know, one mortar in the army. Yeah, if you're facing toughness four, it sucks. But if you're facing, you know, elves or other humans, humans goblins, yeah, I, you you know, it's 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 a it is the pie plate. So you're hitting a ton of models. But, but in this day and age, where we're seeing a lot of warriors, a lot of ogres. It's, yeah, then it's not. Maybe against demons. Maybe. Unarmored toughness three with a five up war. Maybe. It's possible. I, I mean, know. it's. I mean, I'm not saying it's great by any stretch of the imagination, but, um, I mean, they have a variety. They have just so many things they can use right. for your style. Um, you know, Empire's no slouch, but, you know, they learned it from the dwarves. But, once again, it's, right. it's, it's a question of it's not quite the quality, but, man, they got a lot of it. They got a lot of it, yeah. <laughs> So cannons round out uh, our top. Yeah, we both picked cannons. Spots. Interesting. And we had, we had uh, a lot of matching A lot of matching items. picks, yeah. You know, I didn't. I, I didn't mean to just go and pick all the dwarf things either. I really <laughs> well, did I know you didn't. Subconsciously, some on some level you did. But they're good. I mean, like yeah, I said, I mean, as, and as soon as you mentioned the casket, uh, literally, I mean, you, while you were talking to the to the audience, telling them about the casket, I jumped up and ran and grabbed the dwarf book. I said, "Is that? Did I did I miss that? Did I actually miss <laughs> the anvil? <laughs> How dare you!" Uh, so yeah, it's, it's time to shave your beard. No, shut it. <laughs> <laughs> that's All good. Right. That's a good list. Well, let's break and let's come back with our chariots. Sounds good. Such a lovely place, such a lovely place. Welcome to the Hotel California. Such a lovely place, such a lovely place. Is your name a killing word? Is your mother a hamster and your father smells of elderberries? Did it turn out that those were the droids you were looking for? If you know what I'm talking about, chances are you're a gamer. What better place to get your game on than the Game Preserve? The Game Preserve specializes in analog games of all types, like board games, family games, chess sets and jigsaw puzzles, and especially hobby games. They carry the complete GW line as well as Magic the Gathering, D&D, and Hero Clips. They have gaming space for tournaments, game nights, and demo games just about any night of the week. So stop shopping at the jerk store and be one of the gaming elite. And visit the Game Preserve with four Indiana locations to choose from. Two in Indianapolis, one in Bloomington, and one in the gaming capital of the universe, Lafayette, Indiana. Visit them at GamePreserveStores.com or call 765-448-4200. Game Preserve. If you're not shopping here, the only winning move is not to play. Oh, 
all you gamers out there, Blood in the Sun 3, Enchanted Under the Sea, June 22nd to 23rd, 2013. A two-day Warhammer Fantasy Battle Tournament held just outside of Chicago, Illinois. Meet players from around the country, compete with armies of all types. Blood in the Sun 3, Enchantment Under the Sea. For information, go to bloodinthesun.com. Talk uh, Adepticon. Um, I got a couple of uh, emails that uh, I wanted to read off, um, just because uh, you know it's a couple of people saying, "Hey, could you could you read this off for us?" Sure. Uh, I got one from Chris Chris Kapsner. I, I hope I pronounced that right. Chris Kapsner uh, says, "Hi, Dave. I've been an avid listener of your show for a long time. Started listening about episode twenty-two. You do a great job. Second to none in the Warhammer Fantasy Podcast Department." In my opinion, thank you for all your hard work. Well, there you go. That, hey. That's done. That's a show. Thanks, folks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you heard it here. Uh, uh, they're trying to uh, have a convention in Duluth, Minnesota, for the first time called Berserkon. <laughs> or Berserkon. Berserkon. Or Berserkon, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what the so Berserkon, it's taking place over Memorial Day weekend. That's the 24th through the 26th. So by the time you hear this, it's in about two weeks. At the convention center right on the lake, close to hotels, great restaurants and entertainment. You can find details at berserkon.com. That's B-E-R-S-E-R-K-O-N.com. They're having uh, Warhammer Fantasy events on Friday evening and all day Saturday. Uh, Friday night starting at 6, they're running a 100-point five-game regiment of renown tournament. 100 points? Uh, huh. well, maybe, uh, unless that's a typo, it should be a 1,000. But it's a five-game regiment of renown tournament. I heard about that. That's where you're literally, that's almost like that, uh, where you've got just, it's, I mean, it's literal skirmish, almost like Necromunda levels, where you've got like okay. four or five models. Just a handful of guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ha- what is that? That uh, kills, kill zone? Kill zone, yeah, for 40K. For 40K. Yeah. I think it's like that. I think. Hmm. Saturday at 9 a.m., they're running a 2,400-point three-game tournament similar to Adepticon Championships. Single-model painting contest taking place on Saturday. Between those events, they've got a bunch of different award plaques. And uh, let's see. So they are at Lake SWAT, the Lake Superior War Gamers and Tabletop Tactics group. That's Lake SWAT. It's catchy. Lake SWAT. Yeah, it works. S-W-A-T-T. Lake Superior War Gamers and Tabletop Tactics. Uh, they would appreciate it if we would uh, read this out. And we did. So there you go. Our pleasure, Chris Cap- Capsner. Yep. And um, we did get, uh, after meeting Cy Harris over at Adepticon, yeah. uh, which, is, which is so great. And then at lunch, Alex, did Alex say he was English or something? He's like, I'm Irish. What the hell? was? <laughs> I don't remember the exact <laughs> exchange there. But, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Cy, for whatever reason, thought I was a tall, blonde guy. Well, you, you you have that those rich dulcet tones. I have a tall blonde. 
I think there's just that whole racist thing of when you see an Asian guy, you expect him to sound like the guys from the Christmas story. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it is. But um, it was so funny because Sai is one of those guys who's been emailing me ever since I was talking about how much I like X-Men First Class. Yeah. And he's telling me how, ro- how why I'm wrong. <laughs> and so we meet Cy, and I had a great time with him. He was fun he's to hang guy. out with. He's yeah. a good guy. So I get this email. Hi, David. You were so lucky to have met me. <laughs> Here's some pictures of all of us. It was an absolute bas- blast. Look forward to hearing about it on the show, Cy. So just the pictures of us. Are like, yeah, I remember pose. that. Yeah. But, of the course, the t- of typical Cy email. Hey, Dave, you were so lucky to have met me. I hope you had a good time meeting me. <laughs> Uh, here's some pictures. So well, I hope he had a good time here in the States because after Adepticon, I think he traveled on to Gen Con or... Oh, Gen Con's not for a few months, but I know he went... Yeah, he was... Another convention. Yeah, because he kept tweeting all the pictures. There. He's going out every night see, yeah. you know, with all the chicks he was meeting and oh, stuff like yeah? that. Yeah, okay. real ladies' man, apparently. It was funny. Lady man, Cy Harris. Yeah. Cy, the ladies' man. we got to come up with a name. I, I don't have it yet. Cy makes the ladies sigh. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, all right. Well, having said that, why don't we uh, why don't we talk a little bit? I I know we actually had some people saying, "Hey, you didn't talk about anything you actually we did talk about at Adepticon games." So, um, so do you want to go round by round, or do you want to go through all five of your games first? Well, since they had the little uh, objectives and things like that, I suppose you can kind of go game by game. Dude, I don't really want to spend more than a couple minutes per yeah, game. Yeah, sure, that's fine with me. Um, there were some really I, I had some fun games I want to you know mention them uh, and there were some cool things that I saw there things I hadn't seen before mm-hmm. which is kind of why I want to talk about it otherwise you know hey I played another game it, you right, know, right, you know. right right plus I mean it took it took a long time for us to at least on this show to get to a point where we can do a quick battle report right. dude Christopher and I we'd only play like one game a month so man we remembered every move every detail, detail. Yeah. it was it it, it when I go back sometimes and listen to the older episodes, like it's fun listening to me and Chris talk about it in such detail because mm-hmm. it literally, and we only got in that one game in those two weeks, and it, you could tell how much we enjoyed it because we literally remembered every sure, little bit. Sure. But I know some people were like, "Damn, I don't care that you moved three <laughs> inches to the left," you know. So, but so we get to the championships yep. Saturday morning. Uh, scenario one is called Ooh Shiny. Um, this was, uh, it's a blood and glory deployment, but not blood and glory. It had nothing to do with, uh, the breaking point or anything right. like oh, that. We should, we should say for listeners that it was a simple win-loss draw system. Yeah. So uh, 15, 10, 5. Yes. You had to win by, uh, uh at least 100 points for the yeah. win. Not a 101, but you win by 100 mm-hmm. is a win. Uh, and then, yeah, draw and loss. Uh, so at the beginning of the game, before deployment, reveal to your opponent the location of the most expensive magic item or demonic gift in your army. Your choice in case of a tie. You don't have to say what it is. You just have to say who it is. If your army contains a lord-level special character, one of their magic or demonic items is automatically the item to be yeah. captured. If the character or unit carrying that item or gift is dead or fled off the table at the end of the game, it counts as captured. So that's what you're trying to do is you want to capture it. You get three three bonus points for capturing the item, mm-hmm. uh, two points for destroying the enemy's most expensive core unit or one of them in case of a tie or having it flat off the table. And then every round had up to five points uh, 
for ca- controlling terrain. Okay. Which was, uh, that was kind of a... That's a nice uh, little twist. Alex has done this as long as I've sort of known him and have been playing, um, which, you know, it used to be when you'd capture table quarters and stuff. That wasn't right. bad. Um, it's got a bit of a 40K feel of capturing objectives, you sure. know, just the terrain. But I kind of like it. Um, I, I like it, too, because it uh, gives you some incentive to not just beat your opponent's face, mm-hmm. but to kind of scatter and position your units in such a way to get those points. I had to remember that. In fact, it, was, it wasn't until my second game that I, had to, I, I actually had to sit and concentrate and say, all right, don't throw your bats at anything. Don't throw your chaff away. Right. Hold them, Hold them in points. the back to run off and grab right. objectives at the end. Um, and you basically, closest unit within six inches... If tied, then the unit with the most models controls it. Right. So th- this was, I like, ooh, shiny. You're literally headhunting. You've got an enemy, and you're trying to get a trophy for your trophy room. So whatever the best object is they have, that obviously what you would that's take. Your, that's your objective. I claim the Arkin Stone as my own. There you go. But, <laughs> so. Well, I can run through my list real quick. You know what? Yeah, I'm sorry. Just go the, through your list. Go ahead. The Orc and Goblin gun line. We've talked about it before. It's a Warzag. Black Orc General with uh, five up ward save, uh, Crown of Command also, level one Goblin with a scroll, level two Orc Shaman with the head, uh, Warzag of course, the the Horde of Savages with bows, the uh, War Machine show, so two Labas, two Divers, five Chukkas, two individual Wolf Chariots, two units of five Wolf Cavalry with a banner, Spider Cavalry with a banner, and two manglers. Nice. And I think that's it. Uh, what did I have? I had the Vampire Lord with the Ogre Blade, the Armor of Destiny, the Dragon Bane Gem. Uh, he had Fear Incarnate, Quick Blood, and Red Fury. I had a Vampire BSB instead of a White King because I wanted that level two mm-hmm. vampire. Uh, he had uh, Warrior Bane, Talisman of Preservation, and Red Fury. I had a Naked Necromancer with a scroll because I just didn't want to go without a scroll. You know, 115 points, basically, for a scroll. scroll. Because the Necromancer was like, I just left him a level one and kept him in a bunker. That's why you you need a level one goblin. (laughs) Yeah. 55 points. It would be great, except, you know, it doesn't fit in the army. Right. Um, I had three units of about 20 zombies, a unit of 38 ghouls with a ghast, uh, 39 graveyard, full command, banner of the barrows, Five Vargeists, uh, two single spirit hosts, and a unit of two fell bats. So not as much chaff as I'm used to running, but I kind of... decent amount. Yeah. And, uh, you know, got rid of the night bus in favor of the actually far more expensive mm. Graveguard unit, but that Graveguard unit... Did you ever lose that unit the whole weekend? I think one game I might have lost. I might have popped. I might have lost okay. it. I'm... You know, it, now the biggest problem if you don't have a magic face to bring anybody back, it starts to get right. nerve wracking. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's a five hundred and forty point unit or something like that, and it, points. It chops stuff up. It yeah. really does. I know a lot of people don't like it because it doesn't have the heavy armor save or the movement of sure. a night bus. But it's got the wounds. I just, it's got a lot of wounds. And it's got so many attacks. It's just, it, it nice. gets brutal. Uh, so that was my list. So how did uh, how did your first game go? First game, I played uh, Marcus from the East Coast. He was running ogres. Um, kind of my my dream matchup because he didn't have any saber tusks. Oh really? So 
you know, the, the expendable deployments, uh, nothing to kill manglers. So I kind of had my way in terms of mangling things and shooting things and foot of gorking things. So. Cool. So it went through a, a win for you? It was, yeah. Um, like I said, the, the kid I played first, I, I don't have his name here on the list. I wrote it down somewhere. I just don't, I can't find my stuff. Um, he was a nice kid. I, it was, I, uh, he had a, another VC list. Oh, I remember this. This is the, his red VC scheme. Yes, against versus the green. green. His list was like almost the exact opposite of mine. It was really funny because I had the Vargeist and stuff. Mm-hmm. He had uh, a Ghoul King, a Master Necromancer, a Little Necromancer. Then he had a couple units of dogs, only like one unit of zombies. He had a big horde of ghouls, uh, some hex wraiths, some bats, some spirit host. And then he had a terrorgeist and two big units of crypt horrors. Hmm. So it was like he had the crypt horrors. But no mortis engine. No, no mortis engine. I, think I, see, I would think you would need that, those two units hand in hand. It really does go well, but if you want to take a terrorgeist, I mean, basically sure. you'd have to drop the terrorgeist to take the mortis engine. Okay. And people don't like that idea. The only person who likes that idea is me. <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> so, um, so was it hard to deal with all those uh, crypt horrors? You know what? It was weird because I just, I just, he had those two big units of crypt horrors and I slammed the unit of ghouls into the one unit, mm-hmm. the horde of ghouls, and the and then the horde of grave gardens. Grave guard went into the other unit. Well, how many crypt horrors are we talking? He had eight in each. He had two, two rows each. of four. Okay. So, um, it's some some good rolling on my part. In the beginning, we sort of it was kind of going back and forth. Yeah. It was touch and go, uh, and then about turn three, uh, he had a couple of he just like whiffed all his attacks, and I didn't. Mm. And that changed the game. I wound up getting the the full twenty five on that one as well. Do you think the uh, the plus one regen that the mortis engine would have offered would have swayed that? It couldn't hurt. Well, certainly. You know, I, I mean, wonder if it would have helped enough. I, I I don't know. the The thing is, with he had so many little units mm-hmm. that the mortis engine would have given six up ward saves to mm-hmm. all that. So, like wiping out the dogs or wiping right. out the hex wraiths or all these little things. Um, I think I think that's one of the reasons I like the mortis engine because especially for the small units, it compounds just the, sure. the sheer number of extra saves you get. It has to help you out. So. Sure. So that was that a win to your VC? Uh, yeah, the, I, I had the green VC. Yeah, the green VC. Okay. Yeah, it was. I started off on it with the full points. I was up. At the, I was like, "Woo!" Nice. That? Yeah, was, catapulting you know, to the top tables. Never happened that way before. Huh. So, um, so game two. Game two was called A Traitor in Our Mist. This is the one that we talked about in the last episode a lot of people didn't like. Yeah, I found this one a little confusing. Yeah. Uh, basically. You had to exchange models from yeah. a core, a mo- core, a core you, unit. Yeah. Could have been infantry or cavalry or whatever. You set up a like, battle line, and then you before deployment, you give them one model from one of your core units, and they give you one. Uh, the thing is, it's, it has the same stat line, special rules, and equipment as it originally did. Mm-hmm. It's part of your army, but does not count toward victory points. It deploys with characters, cannot join any units. However, regardless of the models involved, it may take a lookout sir role for a character outside a friendly unit following the normal restrictions for how that works. Right. Uh, and it, it's a three-up instead of a four-up role. And it does not crumble if its new general dies. So, So you get points for killing... The opposing trader, yeah, three points. And points for k- keeping yours alive. 
Three points for having the trader model you control into your appointments deployment zone. Oh, so that's it. Right. If you give me the model, if I can get that model into your deployment zone, I get three points. Yeah. If I can kill the one that I gave you, I get another two points. Right. So it, it is a little bit confusing. And I think we discussed this a bunch in the last show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was playing Dale Bartz, actually my second game, and he had his uh, uh, his ogre list, which I had not seen an ogre list like this. I've heard of a lot, ogre of, lists a lot of noblars, like this, which just kind of made my head spin. So, what is he doing with all those little units trying to chaff you up? Oh, my. Okay. First of all, it was, yeah, 10 units of noblars, uh, three saber tusks. Yeah. And I think it was 10 units. Three, six. Oh, maybe there's not 10 units. Maybe there's seven units. But still, it seemed like a hell of a lot. Um, but yeah, he basically, you know, he's putting out his saber tusks until I put down. The unit that he knows he's got a doesn't want to mess with, which in this case was the general inside the unit of grave guard. Mm. So directly across from them, he had two rows of four and five or three and four or whatever uh, knoblars. So yeah, he had seven units mm-hmm. according to this list. So he's seven units of ten knoblars, and all he does is run them forward. Right, and he double flees. He okay. gets two yeah. units right in your face. So even with a horde, they were straight across. Right. I charge one, it flees. It's going to flee through. They don't cause panic in anything, even right. other right. noblars. So even if he only runs two inches, he hits the first unit. There's not enough space. He goes he all the way through yeah. to the back unit. And then I redirect to the other unit, which runs through again. And then you're done. And then, yeah, that's it. And then on his next turn, he moves right up in your oh, face man. again. That's like a fast cab rope-a-dope, but with Oh, my noblars. God. I swear it is frustrating to play against. Yeah. It is. It's it works. It works. It's it, it's that it's the double flea that I actually learned about listening to Bad Dice Daily, where sure. Ben explained it, taken to a complete extreme because that unit of Grave Guard and never saw combat the whole right. game. I could not. I, he just he was like, "That's it," and it's twenty five points, seven units. So it's like what's one hundred seventy five points? Yeah, for one hundred seventy five points, he tied up a thousand points in my army that Jeez. was never going to do anything. Well, all the while, his Morfang are tearing stuff up. Yeah, well, that's why he had uh, a tyrant, a slaughtermaster, a bruiser, and a butcher. So he had the level one great maw, the level four Laura beasts. You know, so he's running that. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of standard. A unit of iron guts, six, six ogres. Iron blasters? Um, one iron blaster, and then three units of Mornfang, uh, a, a pair of twos and a four with a banner. Okay. So basically that whole – I that was the game. We only got, I think, four full turns in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't slow playing Dale, uh, but I didn't know what to do. Like I was sitting there staring at the board. Like I was completely – I had analysis paralysis. I just looked at the board, and normally you look and you're like, okay, I could do this. I can try this. I can do this. Right. I just kept looking at options, and as I'm extrapolating the result out in my head, it was like, fail, fail, so fail, fail. Knowing knowing that what you do now, having played against that list, how would you deal with that sort of uh, Dude, I, I, I had nothing. That's the problem is even with all my chaff. What about in general? What about players in general? Uh, if you've got some multiple units, some way that you can sort of get extra units in and maybe charge those knoblars in the flank so that they're not just rolling back on themselves like a, like like the treads okay, on a tank. Right, right. You can maybe break them sideways or left or right. Have them go in different directions. Right, but they yeah. were near the general. Right. So they're, you know, they're in the BSB. Yeah. So even when they break, they're on a, you know, a re-rollable nine to stop. Mm-hmm. It was just... 
I only played it once, and I really had no answer for it. I, I really lucked out in this game. Um, I wound up... we I lost by exactly 100 points. Oh, man. That's, it was ex- tight. It was, it, yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any so tighter. if your two big blocks were tied up with the Noblars, how did you get your points? Um, basically, uh, I was turned two or three. He threw some spell at me. Irresistible force and cascaded, but then yeah, he cascades his wizard and he's like, oh, okay, he's going now. Now the iron blast is going to shoot at your general, <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, you got to right. So he aims up and does his roll, and it blowed up. Oh, so right, I mean, it literally was cascade, iron blaster explodes. Yeah. So I got that. I did manage to get a few chaff points. Uh, it was just, it was just rough. It was, it was, it was just not my game to play this day. Um, like I said, at the end of turn four, we added up the points. I gave up eleven oh one. I earned a thousand and one. So it's an exact loss. That's one crazy. point, it would have been different. But and don't don't get me wrong. Had we gone another turn, turn five, mm-hmm. this would not have been a hundred point game. I would have lost, just lost, lost. So my whole oh, it was exactly a hundred point story is not a oh, I had a sounds chance. better than it actually yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That was your game two. Yeah. Okay. What did you do for game two? You were playing the kid right next game to me. Game two, yeah. I played your opponent's Dark friend. Elves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bill was his name. He was playing Dark Elves. Very shooty, heavy, magic heavy list. Uh, basically, this one came down to, um, okay, so I'm gonna. what am I going to shoot at with all my war machines? <laughs> so his biggest point unit was uh, a huge horde of executioners Okay. that I decided, oh, I'm going to go for that. It's a lot of points. I think I can kill it. They're frenzied. I can kind of lead them around. Right. Um it was a bad bad decision because he had the five of ward from the uh, the cauldron up on them, okay. And, and my shooting blew up, you know, blew itself up quite a bit. Uh, magic really wasn't happening for me, so I, I chose the wrong target. I should have gone after the crossbows because man, those crossbows put out a ton of shooting and it hurts. If you don't got armor, like I said, yeah, that, which uh, my my savages didn't. They didn't get the five aboard, but it wasn't enough. No, no, it's not. So he eventually he did what I was trying to do him, which was shoot up a big block. He shot up my block. All the savages were all gone, which meant all my characters were out there on their lonesome running around. Oh jeez. Uh, I kind of did a hail mary ploy at the end, do a, a foot of gork to get some points back. Because I think we were pretty close to draw, drawing. If I had killed off the rest of his shades and a couple of other things through through a lucky foot of Gork, uh, I think I could have pulled it out. So I, I, I stomped those shades once, boom. Stomped again twice, boom. Roll on the chart. Can I stomp him a third time or roll a one? Uh-oh. That means he gets the foot, gets to stomp me. Where does he go? My four characters. He rolls it, boom, scatters. All four characters dead. No. Yeah. Ouch. So that was the game. Goes from a close draw to losing all my characters, all my general, to a pretty big loss. That's kind of crazy. So it hurts. Yeah, you know, that's <laughs> all that shooting. That was the funniest thing. I, and like I said, I, Chris played Dark Owls the whole time we played. Yeah. And he just gave up on shooting, though. He would get frustrated. Really? Oh, he, yeah. He, he stuck Str- with it. Well, but strength three shooting against dwarfs in 7th Ed when you had... Heavy armor, hand weapon, shield. Yeah, actually, you have you the a three armor up save. save. Yeah, you have the armor save. So he's like, uh, strength three, toughness four, and then I got to beat a three up. Then you got a three up armor save. Right. He was like, forget it. Yeah. He'd shoot forty shots, hit with a ton of them, and do like a wound. 
Yeah, that's that's not a lot. But when you're naked, I mean, it's just like that's. See, he had all those dark elves hold up in a building. So, did you guys play the building? I don't know if it ever came up for you. Did you ever pl- go inside of the uh, the building? Did you play like a two floor building or? Uh, I, we called it two or three. It depended on the model we were looking at. Right, we always sure. said it ahead of time. I never really ran into it because I just I don't have any shooting and I had no purpose to really run in. Is it uh, five models per, per floor that shoot? Or is yes, it five is models. It five. Yeah, I think we played that wrong. Because he put him, he put him in there as a three floor building. It said that it was a uh, ten models per floor. No, no, so no, it's no, actually no. only fifteen. So that's yeah. I'm big 90, difference there. I'm ninety percent positive, which means I don't really know. But <laughs> <laughs> five sounds right to me. I'm, I'm, so which means he was getting twice the amount of shot, shooting that he should have gotten. But, yeah. And it, yeah, was it a repeater crossbows yeah. by any? T- oh, so yeah. he was getting lots of shots. Lots of shots off. Yeah. Last scenario of the day. As we broke into two days, this one was called Fortune Favors the Bold. It was blood and glory. It still had the the fortitude. Yeah. Um, so once you got to only three fortitude, your game was over. Um, let's see. Oh, this one said, after you deployed your armies, including scouts and characters, each player nominates any one core unit that contributes to the army's fortitude. Including a unit that's been joined by the general or standard bear. So, like, my ghouls don't contribute to fortitude because they can't carry a banner. Right. But I had a character in there, so I could choose them. Okay. Uh, that unit may vanguard. Oh, yeah. I remember this one. And uh, I opted not to. I was like, uh, no thanks. Who did you play against? Um, this was the uh, guy named Silas. Silas Brinkman. Now, Silas had a really cool... It was all... He was playing a Warriors list, but it was like with all this... They, they looked like Greek warrior models. Like, they had a lot of this different... It was very different. Like, he had a great unclean one, but it looked... I mean, it, it looked like Sanguinius, practically. I mean, it was just this big... Oh, wow. And it was, you know, this guy with wings and, and stuff. I mean, it very... It didn't look... Like, it took me a minute to see what it was, because he was playing with these obvious conversions that were very different from the original models. But it was a very nice-looking army. Cool. It was a very nice-looking army, but it was basically, you know, the Nurgle Demon Prince, which, by the way, uh, <laughs> Tough, huh? I had to do something to slow it down. I charged it in the back with my five uh, Vargeists. Yeah. Yeah, tons of hits, tons of yeah. I did. I did I, I didn't do a wound of that thing the yeah. whole game. And it's funny because he's got the Laura Nurgle, so that's where if you get off a spell, you roll, and on a, on a six, you right. get the bonus. Your toughness. And he's sitting there. He's, he's telling me about it. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, and I've never once gotten it. He got it three times oh. that damn game. Three times it showed up. Um, he had Throg. So it was. It was a. So that's that's why you didn't vanguard. Makes sense, right? Normally, no. with your fighty vampire and a horde of ghouls, that's you'd want to get that guy in combat. I would. I, yeah, but I didn't want. To, I'm not nominating one unit, right? Because I need to stay in my general's sure, movement bubble. Sure. So for to move one unit for me is stupid. Yeah. You know, um, but so yeah, demon prince, throg, uh, BSB, then two units of trolls and a unit of knights and a unit of skull crushers and a couple of units of marauders mm-hmm. so it was, it was all I mean, almost all cav you know two units of marauders a unit of knights a unit of skull crushers the only right. thing that wasn't uh cav was the the trolls and they moved six on their own so this was an army that was getting up in your face right um this was a close game again it was one where i actually thought i wasn't going to win it through most mm-hmm. of it um, and there was a couple of good rolls. 
you know, my vampire was going up and doing the major whiff, which every once in a while he does it. You know, I got five attacks, red fury, blabble, blabble. Sure. <laughs> Rerollable to hits. <laughs> I still, oh, I only got one hit. <laughs> Can't even wound. It was oh. just like, ugh. But then the, uh, the grave guard with their strength six and the ghouls with their bajillion attacks with poison. Mm-hmm. Um, they managed to turn the tide against the, uh, the trolls. Okay. And then the, um, Actually, the Throg thing, he actually charged Throg out of a unit to get into combat with my guys because he just, the way it was set up, he couldn't get to me. Mm-hmm. And I uh, challenged him with the vampire. And, you know, for all those whiffs, when it comes down to it, a vampire with Red Fury who can get off three or four wounds on Throg and get to go keep going, I, I, I lucked out and took Throg down in like one round. Nice. He was like, no way. And I was like, I can't believe it. Well, a fighty vampire lord against Throg, who's a hero level. Character isn't he? He's pretty tough though. Yeah, he's I mean, still he's pretty, pretty tough. He's got the but a vampire lord. Stuff. Vampire lord is as fighty as you can get. Yeah, but uh, I mean, you're looking at you know, Throg has got a high strength, but you know, five attacks, uh, four wounds, but uh, toughness five, four up ward or four up regen. Yeah, and so I just, I my vampire managed to get those wounds off before yeah, Throg got yeah. to hit him, which is good. Oh <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, of course, but. Uh, so that was I was two and one at the end of the day. It was nice. I was like woohoo over the moon. Yeah, I couldn't nice. believe it. So how'd your third round go? Third game I play, played Jeff Shilkin uh, out of Minnesota, longtime Warhammer veteran, and he was playing uh, cavalry heavy heavy knights. And uh, I like this matchup because you know a lot of armor, a lot of stuff that I can I can take down. Yep. But uh, you know he had a horde of halberdiers that he vanguarded up right away. So he was. Up in my grill from the from the get go. Okay, and uh, he played a tight game. I mean, he played it right, so he didn't like the matchup either going into it. But he stuck to his plan. He finally got up into my lines. Uh, he had a character. I think it was who's the fighty character for the Empire? I think is it Gelt, where he can take all the different mount options. Oh, uh, probably yeah. Balthazar Gelt. I think that was him yeah. that he took. Um, Luther Huss, maybe. I don't yeah, know. I think it was Gelt. So he finally got up into once once he got into my lines. I don't know who plays Empire. I mean, let's yeah, face yeah. It, Empire yeah. are they an army? <laughs> Not technically. Lame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please direct all hate mail to. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, Jeff did play a good game. But you know, it's interesting. At one point, I had a mangler up near his uh, knights uh-huh. that he had got, gotten down to one wound, but he couldn't kill it uh, through. Doom Diver shots and Foot of Gork or whatever, I depleted one block of knights down to a BSB and a model. Uh-huh. One rank and file. He moved the BSB out and just moved the knight onto the mangler and killed it. Uh, I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to give me those points, but... Oh, uh, yeah, you well, that, yeah, you do. You give up a lot of points for that, yeah. don't you? Otherwise, otherwise, if he doesn't do that, it's just, uh, you know, I'm going to have it bounce around and do more damage. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, he, cutting your losses. Yeah, I actually made pretty good, pretty good decision there. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad. So, how did your so game? I up? ended up losing that one. So you were so once Gelt got into my block, he just issued challenges, went through characters one at a time, and eventually won combat. I mean, he's such a tank. Yeah, puts a lot of attacks. So you were one and two at the end of the day. I was one and two. Yeah. Okay, and and I was two. I couldn't believe it. I was a two and one. Yeah, you're running the tables. Yeah, hobby killer. Aaron kept coming over to me, and he's like, "Oh, it's hobby killer, yeah, white tech yeah. again." He <laughs> busted my chops the whole weekend. All right, so Saturday night we record the show. We're hanging out, having a good time. Sunday we get back, and scenario four: the zenith. Uh this was meeting engagement. 
the you know the the diagonal angle, deployment. the diagonal deployment. This was the one I I played this wrong and I hated it <laughs> at the same time. Uh, Magic flux. Oh, that's after yes. you get all your power into spell dice, including channeling. You roll all the dice for every six. Their opponent gains an additional die towards their respective pools. This cannot go above the normal twelve dice limit for either pool. Now, reading that, I roll. I whatever I, I roll. If I roll sixes, he gets extra dice. Now, apparently, Alex meant I, I give him those dice. You give him those dice. You lose those dice. Yeah, but it yeah. doesn't say you lose those dice. It says they gain extra it, it dice. It was confusing. So I just thought again. But either way, so I kept my dice. Big freaking deal. Every turn, I gave him three. I rolled three sixes, no matter how many dice I had for the power or dispel pool. I rolled three, except a couple, well, a couple times I rolled two. That I think actually so, helps you out, though, because you're not losing power dice. Well, no, but I'm giving them. I'm, he, I was. He gains. Losing. He gains dispel dice, but you're not losing power dice. Right, but that's uh, the way it should be. But working. also on the, dis, I, you also roll it on your dispel phase too, right. where I'm giving him power dice. You right, know, right. Um, he rolled two or three sixes the whole game, mm-hmm. so it was just it was it, it wound up really lopsiding mm-hmm. uh, the the did magic. You, who did you play? Did you oh, I was playing Andrew Ratman. Oh, okay. Oh, Ratman. Okay, with his uh, cast orbs. Yes, uh, I hadn't played cast orbs since I played Chris, and uh, you know, Chris was still sort of picking out things and trying yeah. not to get into too much cheese. Um, oh, um, if you kill one of your enemy wizards, any models that can, then you uh, you got bonus points, right? Uh, and then for each standard bearer in your opponent's deployment zone, you can get up to another. A point up to two points. Okay. So that was that. Uh, yeah, Andrew uh, taught me. I now I know why some people rage about Chaos Dwarves. Now I, I I had so much fun playing him, and it actually I lost this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't. I haven't played Chaos Dwarves that much to really know how to handle them. I was handling them pretty well. I was doing pretty well. Uh, things just did not go my way. Mm. And part of it was um, he had a Kadai. He had a big unit of eight Fireborn, which, man, they rip stuff up. They do pretty good because they are that fire rule. Any units in contact with them take damage. Yes. Any model in base contact takes a strength four or strength five hit or whatever. So that's all happening. Plus, they've got a four-up ward. Mm -hmm. Uh, It goes to two-up if it's flaming. On top of their armor save, they're brutal. They're pretty good. You know, he had eight, and he had two ranks three of four. Attacks, so, yeah, so he was getting 24 attacks, plus stomps, plus that burning crap in right. the beginning. Dude, they're brutal. What, I don't know why you they, don't see them as much. What did you end up having fight them? I threw my Graveguard into them only because their toughness ah, was high. Okay. With, with the armor save, I couldn't. I couldn't give him the armor save and the ward save. Right. So the great with the strength six with the great weapons, I had something to do. Um, yeah, he had the magma cannon, the iron demon. Um, he had that chalice thing. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Now I never had to play against that chalice thing. That chalice is broken. Hmm. Like even Andrew even said. In fact, Andrew, I know at points took a little pity because you, you know how that chalice thing works, right? Remind me. It's I think it's a fifty point item. Every magic phase, mine or yours, at any point after I cast a spell, I can say I'm using the chalice, and we each lose d three dice to our pool. Mm-hmm. 
So how people use it, because the FAQ actually says, yeah, anytime, anywhere. Uh, I know I've got eight dice. You've got five, right? Okay, so I will throw off my spell, and I want to see if you're going to use your dice or not. You know, But I get down to where I'm going to cast my last spell. I, th- I throw my dice. My last, I got four dice left. I throw all four dice at my spell, and then I say, and before you dispel, I'm using the chalice. So then we both lose D3 power oh. dice. So I lose nothing because I have nothing. You've got a couple left that you're holding to try to dispel. Now you just lost those. And you can use it every sing. I could use it during my turn, and I can use it during your turn. Do you think? Well, I guess if it's been FAQ'd, it's meant to work that way. They seem. I mean, people ask. They go. It seems broken. It oh, twelve times a game. You can take away a chunk of my power dice, right. or a, and, and or a chunk of your dispel. It's dice. worth with the dispel dice. It yeah, really sure. is because I'm already coming up low, and he's just taking them away. So basically, whatever that first spell is that he throws. You got to throw everything, all your dice at it, right? Otherwise, he's going to take them because away. Because once he gets to that last, if that's his last that he's thrown. Now, Andrew was nice enough to. There's a couple of times where he was like, it wasn't game breaking, so he was he didn't even bother to use the chalice. Hmm. He's like, go ahead if you can dispel, it, you can dispel. It. You know, giving me at least a feeling right. like I had a fair <laughs> shake. Because between that and that Iron Demon is just. Oh, the, the the train and it was hellbound, so it had uh, the magical attacks. Oof. I couldn't I couldn't just throw a, a spirit host into it and lock it sure, into place. Sure. The Kadai did nothing because you that you locked up. I threw a spirit host in front yeah. of him. That's what you got to do. And he can't he can't hurt it, and I can attack. And and actually, the first round I got the charge off on him, so I, I actually won that combat. So how did the game end up? I got I got or I you lost. Got clobbered. Yeah, yeah, I got clobbered. Um, it was. Okay, the burning for my horde of he had four wide Kadai, right? The 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 the, 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 fireborn. the fireborn. So my entire front row of my horde was taking that strength four hit, yeah, and then getting attacked with twenty four attacks, and then getting stomps. Yeah, that's rough. So he chewed through them. I was just like. Oh dear lord! <laughs> like, I was yeah. like, I was just, I'm pulling models off. I was like, oh dear lord! That's, and then, that's the game you lost the the grave guard for. It then I that was the only yeah. yeah because I mean well you know you lose so many and then you crumbled right and I could not put them back because oh here I got a few dice I'll do this but now nah, I think you're gonna lose some powers <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah now that I now that I've seen sort of something close to the list mm-hmm. with all those bits now and you parts know. in it. You know, I was just like, "Oh, this is this is ugly." I, yeah, I can see why people hate playing against cast dwarfs because there is a bit of imbalance there. If you if you pull off all the combos you can with that list, right, right. it's something that's that's stupid brutal. Do you think uh, if you placed your lord in with the graveguard to fight off against the fireborn that you could have taken him out? Well, I had the vampire BSB, which is the hero level vampire, which isn't as good. Um, I don't know if it would have made a difference because this is another case where the vampire BSB with his four attacks per turn or whatever, yet whiffed every time. Just right. Well, that's why you need the Lord in there for a little insurance. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it it was tough. It was really tough. Um, I would totally. I even told him. I said I would totally play against that list again. Like I would. I would. I would enjoy the practice because it is a hard tough list. Tough list to beat. Um, and you know, I already don't have a shooting phase. Losing a big chunk of my magic phase because of his oh, his yeah. object, it's debilitating. It's it's crippling. But 
man, was it fun. I love playing against Chaos Doors. <laughs> I really do. It's like, you know, I hate it, but I love it because it's hard, but it was really it makes fun. It work. And, you know, I mean, we've met Andrew a couple times. They come out to bits and stuff yeah, like that. Guy. I know. He was like, oh, Matt Teeters is high. I'm like, hey. <laughs> you know, because we played against each other a bit, but I had a great time. I really enjoyed playing Andrew. Um, it was a great game. But yeah, I didn't. It was it was harsh. It's it, that chaos dwarfs are, are awesome. They, uh, I think, yeah, they can be tough. That's one of the few armies I don't own anything for, and I'm too lazy to make all the conversions, mm-hmm. and I can't afford Forge World, so I'll never have it. But that's sure. an army I would love to play because it's still dwarfs and it's still got some cool it stuff. It is cool. Well, the models are definitely cool. And, uh, and like I said, I would be playing with just crap loads of Fireborn too because mm-hmm. you know. Not a best choice, my eye. Those things are awesome. Uh, I think having them in a unit of eight is the key. I've seen <laughs> yeah. them in three and haven't been impressed. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's not cheap. It's like four hundred some odd points for sure. a unit with the champion like that. Um, but but hell, I was so much damage. I was paying that for my grave guard. Oh. I paid more than that for my grave guard, and they didn't stand a chance. Huh. So, what'd you do for your fourth round? Fourth game, I played uh, Patrick. Brindelson out of uh, Minnesota, another Lords of War, along with uh, okay. Jeff Shilkin. Or this was an Orcs and Goblins versus Orcs and Goblins. He had an infantry heavy, I think four blocks, two savages, one black orc, one regular orc. Oh, or oh, it was a horde of um, mangle. Uh, sorry, squigs. Okay, and herders. A couple war machines, uh, and I think that was about it. So basically, you know, I, I diverted the, the frenzied savages, shut up the black orcs, uh-huh. and shut up the uh, the squigs. And it, it really came down to the last turn of shooting where once all the black orcs were dead, landing a rock right on his black orc general's head and finally killing him. Oh, well, yeah, that that'll, ended up being that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so that ended up being the difference. So that was a win for me. So it was a good way to start off the Sunday. So I was at that point uh, two and two. Okay. Uh, and I was I was two and two as well. I wound up uh, two and three for the weekend. My last game was against uh, Ryan Boaz. Were you two wins and three losses? Yeah, I thought you were three wins. Nope. Oh, okay. No, I actually did. Uh, I, I got good good points and stuff like that, and I picked up a lot of. I picked up a lot of uh, the the objective points. Oh, one okay. of the things one of the things this year that I actually focused on was making sure that I got the. You know, I paid attention to the scenarios right. and got the bonus points. Um, Boaz was running Skaven, and you were looking at, uh, you know, I don't want to say typical list because it was some, he did have uh, some giant rats with a pack master, but you, you know, he had the Doom Rocket, he had the Priest on the Furnace, uh, a Doom Wheel, right? Doom Wheels, hurt. You know, I didn't They're see them. I rough. hate those things. The, the, the shooting that the nearest units? Yeah. yeah I, dude, I actually hid my Vargeist on the other side of the building, figuring mm. it can't see me. Yeah, that don't matter. Uh-huh. It actually says in the yeah, book, the it lightning is going to come down. Yeah. It's just like it doesn't, there's, the lightning doesn't care where yeah. you are. If yeah. you're physically the closest, it'll get you. Um, He had a couple of warp lightning cannons, you know, typical stuff. A couple units of slaves, a unit of storm vermin, uh, a hell pit. You know that type of thing, sure. and um, it was uh, it was it was a good game. It was a close game. You know, Egon, who was walking around and was yeah. helping judge that day, was kind of sitting around the table, hanging out, kind of watching things. Um, and we had a really fun game. It was it was touch and go. There was some parts where I was really chopping up his stuff and getting through. 
Um, there was, it was just it was one of those things where you, this was this was uh, you couldn't catch a break with your dice type of stuff. Right. There were several break tests during that round that had to be made on like fours mm-hmm. or worse, and he made them. You know, uh, you know, th- fours. Jeez. Yeah, several. You know, three dice magic phases on my part. It was just. It was one of those things where we were laughing out. In fact, I, you were sitting right there. You heard me a couple times. I started laughing. You're like, what? You're looking over. Right, like, what's right. going on? Because it's like one of those things where if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. Because it was just, <laughs> I could not swing, you know, what I needed to swing to get things going there. Um, it was it was a good game. He was a good opponent. Um, I just, I could not, I could not bring my stuff to bear quick enough. And this was, this was the scenario with the box. Oh, right. Yeah, this is the last one. Keeping um, most fortitude within the box, right? And he has an 18-inch plexiglass piece that goes right in the middle of the board. And um, you get three points if you have the most fortitude in the box at the end of the game. And then one point for each fortitude you have inside the box up to two points. So three points for the most and up to two more points. Mm-hmm. So even if you lose, you get two. Right. Um, or you can get two. Like I said, a fun game. Uh, I could have tried to go and and break some more of his uh, um, some of his fortitude. Mm-hmm. Basically, just got tied up by that the damned hell pit abomination, and yeah. I got stuck by it. And it was just one of those things. Okay, it's got a you know vampire. Boom, four wounds. Right, okay, right. you're gonna rid of it. All right, regen, saved them all. Uh, ouch. Yeah, I mean it was that type of game. So that was that was it. That was that was my game. Five really pretty. Decent games um, yeah. and five different armies, which I was worried because I know last year I played five or four rounds and I three of them were ogres. But this year, so five different armies, only one warriors. Yes, any at least one ogre. I played uh, VC ogres, warriors, chaos dwarfs, skaven. Huh. Okay. What did you play for your fifth round? Fifth round, I played against uh, another ogre player. Okay. So this is a pretty... What I expect to see on the tournament table. Um, some saber tusks, two mornfang units, two big units of ogres, and one... No, two iron blasters. Okay. So pretty tournament solid list. Yeah. Uh, this one, you know, my shooting just went south. I had a lot of misfires. I think I lost... One Doom Diver right off the bat. Another one didn't shoot for a turn and then got shot off by the Iron Blasters. Okay. And I, I need those things to take out the, the Mornfang. Yeah. And at one point, um, one Mornfang failed a panic check due to my Vanguarding Hero killing a, a Saber Tusk behind them. Okay. They, so they panicked towards my lines, which was great until they rallied and they were in my lines. Oh, no. So, but he, he played, I forget the gentleman's name, but he was a younger guy. And he played the lists pretty well. And he's, he had played Orcs and Goblins previously. So he was well-versed on, you know, what to do, what to target. So I ended up losing that one. But, oh. uh, yeah, it was a tight game. You know, and so I played uh, two Ogres. Um, what else? Dark, Dark Elves. elves. Orc and Goblin. And Empire. So and that, Empire. that was yeah. a five. Yeah. So... Between the two of us, we only played out of our ten games only one warrior list. Army. Yeah, I was expecting to see a lot more. Yeah, yeah, I kind of was too. I was. Oh, I mean, the, the I, like I said, the, the stats we had seen was a third were going to be yeah, more than and a it third. Turned out to be a third. It turned out to be about you know 
I think, I think the number was uh, t- like 19 or 20 armies total yeah. out of the 150. Yeah, out of the 150. So you're talking about 15%, not right, even. Right, Less than half of what we were predicting. Right. So, but so I thought that was surprising. A lot, of, lot more Dark Elves than I was expecting to see. Yeah, they're a good tournament army. Yeah. You'll see a lot of them just because they're there. I mean, cause they're, they, they work well. Right. Um, but all in all, I mean... Yeah, I know we talked a lot of Adepticon last time about how much fun it was and experience, but I mean, these, hey, these were our games. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what we were there for. Yeah, and uh, I, I learned a lot. I, you know, I, I gotta say, I liked my list. I, I could tell. It, I mean, it, you it, did well with it. Yeah, I like, think it fits your play style exactly. That's, you, you know, when I see you play with the Black Knights, I, I sense you're kind of a little um, unsure of how to place them and when to charge them in. You know, I have, I, you know, it's, it's not even that I'm not certain. It's that they wind up getting separated a lot of times from the rest of the army, mm. where the the army really works. I think best when you can kind of have that those bubbles all together. You know, because right. you can do a lot of regrowing. You can do all this stuff with your bubbles, right? And you're either putting your powerful guy into that knight unit, and then there's no bubble for the rest of your army. Mm-hmm. Or he's not, and then there's no bubble for the night unit. Right. Plus, literally every time I play it, some template spell comes down and wipes out half the unit, like sure. before I ever get the charge off. And then, okay, so then it's five knights. You know, and you're trying to regrow them. Yeah, you, you can't devote magic elsewhere. So exactly. yeah, I, I hear you. So it's just for me the way I like to play that big honking unit of grave guard. Just to me is more satisfying. Mm-hmm. You know, as as a, as a unit, unstoppable so. horde of undead. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I just loved it, and um, hmm. I'm looking forward to bits. I'm probably not going to change my list up that much. I may just well, take you've the had same some pretty good bits. success with it. So I'd say yeah. you keep the same. Uh, for me, I, I think the list I'm I'm happy with the shooting. You know, you live and die by the artillery dice to some extent, right? Um, the one game against the dark elf player certainly changes things if he only had five shots per floor instead of ten. Right, and with three floors, that's fifteen extra shots per, per turn. Plus, he was on. There, he was in there at turn one. Well, and plus you said he had multiple shots, yeah. so it's actually thirty extra shots. Exactly. It goes from being able to shoot thirty shots to shooting sixty shots. Right, and that's that's, and that's huge. That's a huge. So that would have changed the game immensely. Other than that. Uh, I don't think that it would change much. In fact, this, the list I take to Screw City will be much the same with a couple, you know, the Chariot and the, the extra Chukka that I mentioned before. Yeah, you got to add like 600 points to that list, don't you? Right. Oh, there's another unit of um, goblins. Okay. That yeah, I was going to say, yeah. a Chukka and a, and a Chariot <laughs> That's not gonna get me there, ain't huh? 600. Oh, sorry. So there's a unit with the three, well, fanatics. Right. Plus a giant as well. Ooh, bringing uh, a giant. Bringing a giant. You're such a hobby. Uh, what, what, what was that? What was that they were saying on that stupid thread? Uh, the joke's over. I couldn't. I didn't say it. Uh, oh, you're one of those chumps. You're one of the Warhammer. Oh chumps. yeah, I am a chump. I'd take a giant. You chump. would take a giant chump. Yeah. Well, you know, here in the Midwest, we play. Uh, we play that, that chump style. Yeah, hammer. chump style Warhammer. Well, I think it. You know, I was talking to Alex about it, and uh, the giant is a good fit because if I face another army that has a lot of shooting, a lot of cannons or whatever. Well, I have that giant out there. They have to start shooting that giant right away. Right. If they're shooting the giant, they're not shooting my rock lavas, which means I'm shooting their shooting. Exactly. So, 
So we'll see how it works. works. I see. I just blew my secret yeah, <laughs> prior to Midwest Rampage. So we'll see how it works. Out. Chumps, those are people who still think you could viably take a, a giant yeah, right. or might take a coven throw. And I'm reading through that, just getting right, offended. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you want to play that style of garage hammer, oh, did I they know. Say that? Yeah, I was like, what the hell's wrong with that? Uh, well, that's you know how they say. Right? Well, yeah, you know what they do. So hey, listen. Um, that that's that's our actual Adepticon game mm-hmm. uh, wrap up. Um, hopefully this was quick. <laughs> hopefully yeah. It was quick enough. Yeah. It's not, well, ten games between two, between the two of us. It's a lot yeah. to so, go through. Um, I'm I'm just I can't say enough. I mean, I'm actually I'm finally after about two weeks finally kind of calming yeah, down. Yeah. Oh, speaking of two weeks, um, my Forge World came. Your Forge World. I ordered the Dwarf Command. Oh, you did. Nice. They didn't have any there, so that came in the mail oh, cool. on Thursday. So, dwarves. That means you got to paint them and field them someday. Oh yeah, they're really nice models. They're really nice. Um, but I got that. Why don't we just take a break? We'll come back and wrap up the show. Okay. I'm looking for a place to play some Warhammer. Family games, board games? You mean unmatched awards and adventure? Sure. A place with collectible and trading card games, RPGs, unusual gifts. You mean unparalleled offerings and fun? Okay. And it'd be great if they had books, candles, and collectibles, too. Particular presents and playtime? You're looking for unique gifts and games! Okay, but... uh, Located in historic downtown Grays Lake, Illinois... UGG caters to gamers of all types. Okay, but miniature games, board games, card games, yeah. Doctor Who, all right, but things supernatural. I understand. It's but all here. Okay, but with listen. frequently scheduled events, open gaming, a clean and friendly atmosphere. Okay, stop by UGG or or, or visit them yeah. online at uniquegg.com. You could have just told me about unique gifts and games. Individualized endowments and festivities, essential awards and diversions, one-of-a-kind presents and happy fun time. All right, that's enough. That music the end of the show, folks. The end is nine. Oh, yes. Listen, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. You know, by the way, at Adepticon, did you happen to see that person wearing that Garage Hammer hoodie? There was someone wearing a hoodie? Was That well, that was Spencer. Was it? I think it was Spencer. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, he had the hoodie. That, that was the first year I went there. He had the hoodie. He had the hoodie. Okay. Yeah. No, the hoodie's awesome. So buy a hoodie. Yeah, or, you know, shirts. I I know I promised last episode the shirts would be up, and I totally failed on that. I'll try to get it done this weekend. What the hell? Give me no a break. Problem. Yeah. Dice, uh, I, I'm going to have uh, – I've got to just check some shipping costs, guys, so I can get a fair shipping. I don't want to gouge anyone shipping. So I will have – someone's already sent me money for dice, and it's like, okay, guys, hold off. Mm-hmm. Let me figure out how much it's actually going to cost, and then we'll get it going. But we got these dice sitting here. There's a 1,000 of them, and they're ready to go. So we'll have them for they're you. They're ready to roll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they look really good, if they I do, do say so myself. I can't – well, your design is fantastic. Well, the, the fact the, that the they were able to – so clear. The, yeah. I mean, 
folks, you <laughs> if you know our logo, the dice coming out of the garage, they're on the entire logo is on the sixth side. You can see the pips on the little tiny dice yes. rolling out of the garage. It's yeah. sick. It is so, so it'd be cool if you go to your own garage and roll those dice. Yeah. Out of, out of, so yeah. see what's happening there. So um <laughs> all right, when I think hopefully if all this works out, next week will be part one of the high elf review. Yes, I'm so or next episode. To that. I am too. I am so jazzed. In fact, it's after midnight, which means if they're still playing late night magic at our local game we store, we can go get our books. books. <laughs> and magic cards. Oh I can't yeah, wait. I know, I'm so excited. Um okay, so folks. Um, Leave us hope, an iTunes review. Hoping iTunes review would be fantastic. Uh, I read all of them. In fact, I do too. We've had actually a couple new ones. Yeah, and I've uh, every once in a while, if I'm sitting around at work and I'm bored, I'll flip and I'll go look at the other countries. Mm. So I actually do go through all the other countries, like all the like. There's all, like every sixty or one. seventy of them. Most wow. of them have no reviews. Sure. Does but, Zimbabwe have a review? No, we have no. 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 See, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, you're not going to get any of those. But I check anyway because you never know. You never know. But um, so we'd love to get some iTunes reviews. Other than that, um, just hope to hear have you back for the uh, for the Hiles. Uh, join our hobby commitment. You join the forum on our Sign website. Up. Join our forums and um, outside of just the commitment, uh, I was going to say, oh, damn it, I'm losing my thread. Um, yeah, join the hobby commitment. Jump on the forum. Show us what you're painting, and uh, what are, what are you going to be doing? What is what is what is your summer? Hobby commitment. Uh, what are you guys doing? Yeah, share with, share with us. I'd like to, yeah, jump on the show thread and let us know what you're doing for the summer. If you got any special hobby plans. So, all right, Chris, great show. If I say My so. My pleasure, David. <laughs> Good job. Uh, and uh, we'll be back on the 25th, folks. We will see you guys then. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at garagehammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at garagehammer.net. And you can reach both of us through garagehammer at live.com. If you want to help support Garage Hammer, check the support page or the show store on our website or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening. If you guys are big truck fans, do you or your wife have a uniform or any sort of costume? Uh, costumes, no. Although um, we have a Borg cube. Oh, the toy. Well, uh, well, it's a twelve-inch cube, twelve-inch by twelve-inch cube. Yeah, it's got the little lights and sounds. Yeah, yeah, press yeah. It. It's got the. I bought it for Heather once as a gift. It was sitting on her desk at work forever. But right. yeah, we have giant Borg cubes. I actually did uh, have, and I was so pissed at my buddy Ray. I had one of the communicators, oh. but not the communicators. The you know the, it's got the logo with you know the the, the metal. Is it metal? Yeah. Okay. It was in fact it was the one from the next generation. Yeah. They would tap it yeah, on their yeah. chest and go diddly diddly. Yeah. And I had one, and it was magnetic, and you you would, oh. it would attach to your shirt with a magnet. So you'd have the thing in the back, but thing I in the front, and when you tap it, it would go diddly diddly diddly. Yeah. I remember I got it the day I got it. I like had it on the shirt, and I was playing around with it, and then we were going out to a movie that night. And I brought it in the little box to show everybody.
And, of course, I show it to my friend Ray, whom I love. But like, Ray's the type of guy, anytime I'm around Ray, something goes horribly wrong for me. <laughs> and he picks it up. He's looking at it like, no, be careful. He's like, I'll be careful. And he's holding the backing. And he's looking in front of him. He's like, so how does this stick to it? And he's kind of pushing on the bottom of the point. Uh-huh. And while he's, we're standing outside, like on the, uh-huh. on the sidewalk, the pin, the portion, pops off of the backing because it's held by magnets. So when he's kind of pressing, it pops Flips through the air, oh. lands on the top point, and breaks off a notch oh. off of it. So like this, I, this beautiful shiny <sighs> Star Trek thing, and it was just, the yeah. And the whole, I mean, literally, it was just like you know how it comes up. It's like almost like like an A shape, yeah, you know, yeah. where it comes to that point that was just uh, you just cut out a notch. Oh. And I looked at it, and he's like, look, he's like, oh come on, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm like, there's a big notch what? at the top. He didn't think he, there was anything wrong well, with first it? He, well, he's, you know, he's, uh, you got to know Ray. Ray's like, oh, come on. There's, like, there's a big notch out of the top. He's like, oh, it's, an, it's, not, it's not that notice. I'm like, totally trying to play it off. Yeesh. And I remember when we bought it. I mean, this thing was like right after Next Generation came out. Heather saw it. was like on like, it was on like the Home Shopping Network. Yeah. I think she paid like, and this is like, it's like 35, 40 bucks sure, for this well, yeah, thing. If it was metal. I'm Might sure have been 50. Cheap. And it was like, I didn't have it 24 hours. And Ray notched it and I don't even know where it is now it's like it's been gone for a oh, while that sucks because I just remember I remember after he did that I just threw it in a box I wouldn't even take oh. it out of it I don't want to say it you might die you son of a gun oh that but, sucks but uh, yeah I mean we have some we have some gorky uh, props and stuff like that but I, no I do costumes. actually have a uniform you do yes Mr. Sulu's uh, uniform no it's oh. uh, it's the Sorry. Why would you say that? Because he's Asian. Asshole. I don't know. I'm being he's, racist. He's Japanese. What's the difference? Totally different country, my the, friend. It, yes, it is. You're correct. They eat sushi. We eat spam. Get it right. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, I do I do have one. It's a, the Next Generation Red Command. Nice. That I got from an old flame back in college. Really? She got herself one, too. <laughs> my wife hates it. Really? <laughs> she always wants me to throw it away. I don't oh, know. I'm not that, sure if it's from who, because of who I got it from or because of what it is. Is that one of those things that sits in the closet? Yes. And you like don't even dare to pull yes, it out. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I've worn it for Halloween here or there, but it's sad though because kids nowadays are like, "Who are you supposed to be?" I'm like, "Oh, oh, don't even." That's yeah, so sad. No, that happens to me all the time at work. People have no idea. Like, what is that supposed? What are you supposed to be? Right. Get away from me! Right. Right. So, so anyway, right, so total <laughs> sidetrack on that. We get Star Trek. We mentioned it now. I'm telling stupid stories about my pin. This is all going to get edited. <laughs> Something's got to give. 